What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. The stipulations for this Sunday's Cadet Lewis Park match are as follows. I forgot to tell you. I lie! Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! I'm not afraid of you! Now, you know what's the front? The front says chicks Okay, well, you know, while you guys are over there chit-chatting and whatever, I'm just over here simply having a wonderful Christmas time. You can't rain on my parade, but you can't snow on it. Hello, ladies. <laughs> wow, that was awfully Whoa. like Bubba the Love Spongy. I, I don't want to be a shock jock. Ew. <laughs> you want to do some cocaine with Bubba the Love Sponge? Ugh. You know, no. I've, I've been listening to the Laps fans deep dive into the TNA Hulk Hogan days, mm-hmm. and he was so like intertwined in those days. I didn't even realize, but they're playing like oh, a lot yeah, of his like radio. Yeah, they're playing a lot of his radio show because TNA was like working with him, and the overuse of wrestling carny jargon that he uses it was so cringy. Are you trying to get heat mm-hmm. on me, Hulk? You trying to get heat? You're not ribbing me, are you? It's ugh. Stop it. You're not a wrestler. That was just TNA at the time. I think that's like when um, Vince Russo just came back and was like backdoor booking. And <laughs> exactly. It was basically WCW again. It's like, we saw this fail. So Why are we doing this again? Bob of the Love Sponge. <laughs> Dang, he sucks. Ugh. Oh, he does. Like, I, I understand that we have to do it kind of for the, the purpose of this this show. But like, I try really hard like in my regular talking life to just not use regular wrestling jargon because if you're not a wrestler mm. you kind of sound like a nerd yes yes I agree with that and I'm just like I like wrestling but like I'm not a wrestler I'm not in that lifestyle why would I use it like out of context like let's say you use that at your job they're, they're gonna think you're a basement dwelling weirdo <laughs> like it's not cool <laughs> it's not cool Wait. Well, I, I do use some wrestling jargon. I will use. I'll, I'll say that I'm in a heat position at work, or you know, like things like that. Oh, things there was like one time where this guy was trying to uh, burglarize my store, and uh, my manager actually caught him on the way out and like f- kind of flipped him over, and he landed on his back, and I yelled, "Spucking go!" <laughs> <laughs> and there was a ding. I, I swear, I swear, bro, there was a ding. I swear, bro, <laughs> it, it, a ding came out of the sky, bro. 
I guess where do you go from there but to say welcome to the season finale of the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. And we say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I'm your host, Levi, wearing my Santa hat and eating milk and cookies, joined, as always, by Kyle. Kyle, how you doing, man? Hi there. I'm just waiting for Santa or something, I guess. Now, you observe Duke, Miss, right? <laughs> no, I observe Punch <laughs> Levi in the testicles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say no more then. Instead, I'll say, as always, to my left... It's that good old Jake R. It's Jake. It's one take Jake back in the booth. How are you doing, good sir? Kog uh, Semenank. Um, it is, you know, since we are celebrating the holiday season, we should give a shout out to, um, you know, the, the Festival of Lights, eight days of celebration of Hanukkah. You know, instead of getting one really good gift, you get six kind of shitty ones. <laughs> or eight kind of, eight kind of shitty ones. Whoop, whoop. I was wondering what you were doing with that dreidel. <laughs> you know, just spinning it. <laughs> just, just spin it. I need a. Uh, but no, ready. Yeah, I need a Booker T themed dreidel to spin a Rooney. The different wait. The different positions could be like the different things. If he's in this, if his hand is up, that means you take all. If he's in like the the spinning position, that means you got to Yeah, that could totally work. That's why I said it. Well, so, like, we're gonna get started like Cole and Taz in this, like where they just argued the entire show. Wait, you said <laughs> Cole and Taz, <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> like Taz is Colin. You know about you know about buttholes, don't you, Michael Cole? I've been waiting since Vengeance O3 no! to extract my revenge and use that against one of you. Nah. Colin Taz. But anyway, the end is here. So let's just let's just uh, celebrate its demise of 04, I guess. Because today we are reviewing Armageddon 2004. The end is here or near or wherever it is. It's here. Somewhere around the corner. The end of 04. And of course, this event took place December 12th. 2004 in Duluth, Georgia. Duluth. Was there? Was this before or after the trading company? The trading company. What are you talking about? The Duluth Trading Company. I, I'm ignorant. You get them. You can get them their <laughs> pants that are made out of fire hose material. So even if a bear caught hold of your legs, like I wouldn't eat them. Wouldn't be able to eat your legs. They wouldn't because of the fire hose material. What is that? A, oh, brother, where art thou reference? <laughs> no, you've never heard of the Duluth. Like, look at the Duluth Trading Company later. Like, I'll send you commercials later. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I think I will. <laughs> um, Starting off hot. Oh, yeah. You know it is when we're talking about the Duluth Trading Company. <laughs> Who expected that one? Can I buy my red suit and fake white beard there? <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to. <laughs> well, shoot dang, as they say in Duluth. <laughs> Ain't that right, Kyle? You're from the, the Deep South. Do they say that over there? Shoot dang? What the hell even is Duluth? I think it's like close to Atlanta. Oh. Yeah, they're all like, <laughs> You know what? Georgia can skip rocks because... Yeah. 
Uh, there, wasn't there a state flag like the Confederate flag, like till like 2013 or something? Go, go get. I mean, South Carolina still is. Oh, South Carolina, go, go get. Oh, come on, South Carolina. All we think Georgia's got is a uh, Cartoon Network peaches and bad traffic. And The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess The Walking Dead. But this event took place at the Gwinnett Center, now known as the Gas South Arena, which is typically where uh, gas comes from. The southern regions of your extremities. Folks. <laughs> but it's practically a brand new arena as it opened up in 2003. Whoa. So we have an attendance tonight of 5,000 with a capacity of 11,000, so just a little under Oof. halfway. Yeah. But can you blame them? I mean, would you go on a Sunday night to see Charlie Haas and Hardcore Holly in an impromptu tag match with the Basham Brothers? I know I certainly well, wouldn't. Well, how would you? How would you know if it, if you wouldn't? Poss- you couldn't possibly go to see an impromptu match. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess point taken. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't even take the chance, you know. Ooh, hey, ooh. who's on the SmackDown <laughs> roster? <laughs> who's on the SmackDown roster? Hardcore Holly? No thanks. I'm good. <laughs> Imagine, imagine sitting there, right? There's two guys like, hey, you want to go see them uh, WWE boys? Like, no, there's a chance they might put Hardcore Holly and Charlie Haas in a match together. I don't want to see that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But somehow this event has a buy rate of 230,000, which I was kind of blown away by. It's, Honestly, it's, though. it's not super impressive, but it's impressive for what it is. Um, well, I think everyone was smoking the hopium after the last month, like we were. They're like, oh, okay, the next <laughs> one might be good. Hey, The Undertaker's in the main event, right? Booker exactly. T? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the Bashams. I'm going to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm back from peeing. Oh, they st- the, the women's match. Oh, man. Hopefully we'll get to see a, a pup and get boners together. Right, fellas? Look at Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bottles! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you so okay, King? <laughs> <laughs> he just had a seizure. He just saw a butthole. Oh, gosh. Right before the uh, the heart attack. He had a <laughs> oh. seizure about buttholes. <laughs> Whoa. Or they call Sorry, them spankers. Man. Sphinctorals. Our theme song tonight is The End by Jim Johnston. And I was doing the math, fellas, and out of the, I want to say 13 pay-per-views in this calendar year, mm-hmm. there have been six times where WWE used a in-house theme for a show, and five out of six times, SmackDown took the in-house theme. <laughs> Can you guess which show... Is cared about less. <laughs> yeah, that's very, uh, very apparent. It's at this point like uh, Heyman's already left, hasn't he? he well, he's uh, on-screen character. I don't think he's writing at this point. Okay, but he could be. I, I could be mistaken on that. But I'm pretty sure he's out of the writing room and just with Hayden Heidenreich. So it's a big drop in quality. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, can you blame them? They're trying to build up their stars, such as Luther Reigns, Mark Gentrak, uh, Mordecai, Linda Miles. The list goes on. They're trying, dang it. Harder. 
But it seems like they were too late because the end is here. We are sponsored tonight by PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Guys, I got to say, I busted out the PlayStation 2 this past week and played some SmackDown vs. Raw. Yeah, yeah. How was that? I got to say, man, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think there's a charm about the old... uh, I was about to say Aki engine. Uh, about the old Ukes engine that just had a charm to it. And I actually had a lot of fun compared to today's 2K. Um, and I'm not trying to say it's a better game than current 2K. I don't I don't think that's true. Uh, you know, because graphics, game modes. And, and for goodness sakes, you don't have to worry about scantily clad women dancing on the menu that you can't even turn <laughs> off. But it was fun. It was fun. And I'm just like, what's... What's missing about Modern 2K? It's kind of like a fun factor, um, as far as gameplay goes. Something, that, something to me about the Modern 2K is slow and sluggish, and it's a lot faster. Granted, it's not realistic uh, in the uh, the old SmackDown versus Raw. But I don't know. I had fun with it. I, I did a story mode with Rico, and uh, and as you know, if you start out you start out season mode uh, vying for Tori Wilson's contract. And, uh, well, let's just say that, you know, that story mixed with Rico's character doesn't exactly line up well. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Uh, what were you guys playing on the PlayStation this time in 04? 04, man? Uh, probably a whole lot of, uh, by this point, I had both, uh, the, the Rockstar Games 2 pack of GTA 3 and Vice City, as well as San Andreas come out. So those are in constant rotation. Man, you were busy. Yes. Um, I would say I was playing mostly... I was on my GameCube, as you may recall from, from last week. Um, but I was playing Tony Hawk Underground. Mm. Oh, classic. And yes. Yeah, I was, I was about 20, 20 seasons deep on my NCAA football franchise. Oh, wow, 20 seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, 2004, yeah, that's when uh, Underground 2 came out as well. I was playing that and San Andreas like crazy around Christmas time. <sighs> the good old days, take me back. But not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think video games will ever be quite the same, man. Uh, everything's got to be online and everything's got to have DLC. I just, I miss the days where you could put in a game and it was complete... Mm-hmm. I know I'm not unique yeah. in that standpoint, but I, ju- I just miss it, man. I know a lot of a lot of you listening out there feel the same way. That's why we're listening to this podcast, man. We're nostalgic for the times, man. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Alexa, play uh, Grandpa. Tell me about them good old days on uh, Spotify. Grandpa, tell me about them good old days. Play shake ass. <laughs> <laughs> Shake your ass. Do, y- do y'all remember that time on the radio they they uh, changed the words to take a bath, wash yourself, take no. a bath. No, I don't. Show me what you're scrubbing with. I sing that to my son uh, at bath time. <laughs> I do not remember that. Is that That's real? <laughs> yeah, it may have been a local thing, but I, I remember hearing it vividly back in the day. <laughs> take that a bath. Wasn't it mystical that sang that? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Wow, how mystical was that song? Anyway, let's get into the opening package. At last, the clock has 
run out. Chaos grips the throat of the WWE. Armageddon. The end is here. JBL. 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 Your day of reckoning has come. Your sins have taken you to fall. He cheated to beat all three of them, and now JBL's gonna have to pay the price. Whichever way you turn, Holmes, leads to a dead end. Your confidence fools no one, and your actions are those of a desperate man. I am the richest, most successful WWE champion of all time. All the money in the world. It can't help you now. So clutch that gold one last time. Because your gutless championship run ends tonight. Elbow! I'm getting screwed. Big redemption. Virtually impossible. The end is here. Is here. This is a sick joke. Say your time is over. Your time is over. Desperation in the eyes of the salvation when I become the new WWE champion rest in peace the end is here and now Smackdown and Playstation present Gift at Christmas time. Let's open this package. Oh. And guys, here I have I have a gift for each of you. See? Oh. I'm handing you oh the gift. Oh my god. That's amazing. What, uh, yeah. This is real. I really went all out. Don't you worry. Oh. Oh my gosh. Please take a sip of eggnog. Calm thyself. Oh, oh yummy. It's so warm and thick. And for each of you, I have a gift. So, and that's two things that stand out to me in this opening package. Number What's one, I Number one, this this opening package would have absolutely horrified me if I'd seen this as a child. <laughs> and and I'll tell you why. Because my biggest fear was the world ending, and this video package is like horrendously bleak, and like houses exploding, and post apocalypse, and everything. And it just creates vivid imagery of this, and even People even now I see it, and I'm like, dang, this is this is serious. So, uh, yeah. So I got to give him props for that. But uh, the second thing that stood out to me was Booker T reading a script like this should never happen. <laughs> no. It was so weird. And I have a quote here. He says, "Your sins have taken you too far." <laughs> <laughs> Bro, get Booker T away from the VO booth. Uh, but you better not be sinning. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed this opening package and thought it was a perfect fit for the story they were trying to tell. It was a year's worth of JBL's cheating has caught up to him. 
Everywhere he turns is a dead end. What do you guys think about this? I thought this was the best ever. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I think the, the imagery... Yeah, I, I think as a kid, it would have freaked me out, too. I don't know. I think a lot of kids that grew up, like, around that... It's like that post-Y2K, like, post 9 y kind of era where, like, oh, God, what's going on? <laughs> so that definitely would have freaked a lot of kids out. I mean, other than that, there there wasn't too much to it. It was fairly basic it was just spooky this is the end the the thing i didn't super like about it this show in general tipped its hand too much the whole show was pretty obvious how things were going to end up if you were reading between the lines but it was a good opening package uh pretty obviously a one match show based on what they're showing us but good good enough i liked it the music's awesome the end is and now, SmackDown and PlayStation 2 present Armageddon. So, we, as always, have a big, juicy set. Kyle, can you describe the set to our listeners? It's a big A. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's a step up from last year's. I went and checked out last year's, and I, I'd forgotten it was basically just the raw set, but with the big A. So at least here they switched it up. They have the big flaming A front and center up above. The left and right are a couple of a uh, smaller angly uh, Titan Trons, and then uh, at the below there is uh, I don't really know how the hell you describe this. It, it was like kind of like bow tie shaped, some cross section with a bunch of like <laughs> it reminded me of, like paper mache flames or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, how would you it, it was kind of kind of cheap looking, but the set looked really good in my opinion. But yeah, that, that was cool. Paper mache, something about it, yeah. Yeah, it look it worked, but it was like it was a, a touch cheesy. But I don't mind. It worked for me. I like I like the big pyro we uh, flaming a. I think that looks cool. So whatever, you get a pass. It was kind of too good for the the show that was produced. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if you slap a big fist at the top and just put Armageddon on the the Titan Trons, then. Uh, I think that probably would have been on par with the quality. So, basically SmackDown. Inside of the meat room in the didn't see me creep through the double doors to have a peek. She thought that I was at the register banging on my weenie weens. The first match is RVD and Rey Mysterio taking on Kenzo Suzuki and Renee Dupree for the tag titles. <laughs> this match is such a tease. <laughs> it really little, is. Because you get to see Reno. You get to see the outline of Renee Dupree's little weenie. Oh. You get to see, you get to see you get RVD's to see his... butt crack sweat. <laughs> you get to see the actual French decoler. Too much man meat. And too little time. <laughs> yeah. Am I right, folks? Take me, man meat. <laughs> the SmackDown After Survivor Series, RVD and Ray are stretching backstage. They did this with Michelle McCool, who 
just showed up after the the diva search to start stretching with dudes on SmackDown. Nice. So she's part of the roster. Along with Maria Kanellis, of course, Christy Hemme, who won. And probably, oh yeah, and like a couple gals we'll get to a little later. But they're, you know, they're stretching backstage and they accuse Ingest, Renee, and Kenzo of being phony champions. And isn't every champion phony? <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I couldn't resist. Wrestling's not fake! <laughs> wrestling's not fake! It's my, my David Arquette and ready to rumble. That was pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I thought that was your uh, cool Goku power-up moment. I won't let you That's destroy totally my just world. like Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page. I will rule you! Jimmy King. Yeah, that's what... I'm hotter than hot. I can't be stopped. <laughs> um, I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MC should call me sire. To burn my kingdom. You must use fire. I won't stop rock until I, I retire. retire. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you remembered that. <laughs> well, it's the first few lyrics of King of Rock by Run DMC. Oh, is it? Yeah, Levi. I didn't yeah. know that. I always thought Run DMC was kind of corny. Oh, it's like you're kind of a jabroni. Hey, I'm done with this podcast. Don't you ever say an unkind (laughs) word about Run DMC. (laughs) Well, I watched their show, like the reality show on like uh, on. Oh, that's your fault then. Yeah. What what, what, is that? Not a accurate depiction of who they are. I don't know. I never watched it. I don't know. I don't watch. I assume if I, I assume if I see someone on a screen, it's not real. Yeah, I mean. Vince McMahon preconditioned you that way, so I, I can't. That's I can't true. blame you. If you watch TV, like you will make everyone mad. If you watch any t- any show, and you're like, yeah, this is a work. They're working. They're working. They're ribbing you. The first <laughs> show, the first show I saw where I was like, this is a hundred percent fake, like a reality show. Was remember when, when uh, my parents got into Duck Dynasty for like a hot minute? Oh my yeah. gosh! And I was like, this is the fakest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. Absolutely. Like, what you talk about fake? Look at them. That's how they live. I like Uncle Sai. He's funny, boy. I tell you what. He says crazy things, and he's on 12 medications. <laughs> but he should be on 14. That's a problem. Hey, for me, that, that realization came by watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like when they were filming their Christmas special in September. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, they well to get it out in time for Christmas, they would have to film their uh, Christmas specials in September. No, it's like here's the thing: I I watched that show when it first came out, and I was like, I actually like the show. This is a guilty pleasure. I like keeping up the Kardashians. But like, I noticed, I noticed every episode they would build up the entire time this issue between the sisters, and it was like you know the smallest of issues, and within the last two minutes. They resolve it like nothing ever happened. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I was all on. I was on your side, and we were gonna. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is not real. <laughs> this is fake. <laughs> but anyway, oh no. Anyway, let's let's continue on here on on the show. <laughs> Wait um, a minute, them girls is working. But yeah, RBD and, and and Ray they accuse Renee and uh, Kenzo of being phony champions that aren't deserving of the straps. And they set on a mission to take the titles from them. That night, they pinned the champs clean as a sheet in a non-title match. And that kind of becomes the recurring theme. Mm -hmm. And also, a subplot here is that Kenzo Suzuki has come forth as a giant pervert towards Tori Wilson. 
But let's be real here, fellas. Which hill wrestlers haven't at this point? <laughs> <laughs> so he stalked her in her own locker room during Thanksgiving SmackDown, and he expressed how much he liked her breasts. Ooh. Well, don't we all? Yeah, it, I think it was uh, a backstage segment, him with his wife, Heroku. And she's like, <laughs> what part of the turkey do you want? Uh, a leg or a wing? And he goes, I want the prestula. And they see Tori Wilson. <laughs> the what? The, the titties. <laughs> and uh, Tori Wilson's on TV. She's like, how could you? Now she's got beef with Tori when she should have beef with freaking uh, Kenzo. A few things to note here in the in the lead up. Uh, Rey Mysterio defeats Rene Dupree on that Thanksgiving SmackDown clean as a sheet. That same night, RVD defeats Kenzo Suzuki by a DQ. So by this point, the Hilt team is 0-2. The following week, they win again in a six-person tag featuring Hiroko. Hiroko? Is that her name? I thought it was Hiroko. Uh... Hiroko and Tori Wilson. So, so yeah. Tori Wilson and Hiroko were supposed to settle their differences in a bra and panties match in the go home. But oh, that's just how any woman settles her differences. Naturally. <laughs> but Hiroko decided to start an impromptu one backstage. <laughs> and, and she attacks Tori, stripping her in the process. <laughs> yeah. Tori chases her down and returns the favor. And this draws Kenzo and Renee to come to Hiroko's aid which then causes RVD and Mysterio to come to Tori's rescue, which draws Teddy Long to make an early tag title match right then and there. And who can you guess won that one? RVD and Mysterio. There you go. Mom. So, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Your mom's so fat, she's both the tag team champions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Your mom's so fat, she's the trio champion. Yeah, just keep going. Anyway. Um, Your mom's so fast, she's Joey. Joey? <laughs> no! Uh, so, RVD and Mysterio, they continue their win streak and pick up the tag titles from Kenzo and Renee going into the pay-per-view as champions. Can RVD and Mysterio make it five in a row? LOL. <laughs> of course they can. <gasps> so, uh, before we get started here, I wanted to know what what do you guys think of Renee and Kenzo's mashup theme? It's really good. It was so sexy. Jake, can we get a ruthless aggression cover of that theme? I don't. I, I'll have. Can I listen to it really fast? No. Crazy frog. What? I don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> that would have been more uh, interesting. Uh, Kyle, do you remember the thing? You know, something like, I'm going to tickle you, tickle you. Something like that. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you know, but I don't really like these guys enough to pay attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Please tell me. Please tell me you are lying. No. Both of those would be crazy frog. I'm going to tickle you would be more interesting than what we got. So, so allow me. I mean, you guys... You guys know the Law Resistance theme. The dun, 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 dun. Yeah, of course. So imagine that with just a, 
like a like a kung fu movie. Dun, dun, dun. Mixed in. Oh my god. It's horrible. That's all you need to know. Well, I mean, I see them both coming out, and I'm already like, ugh, so I guess it just didn't surprise me. I guess the theme song was like the least of your worries. Yeah, exactly. It was like an endless supply of chin locks you were about to uh, uh, No. RVD and Suzuki start out. RVD hits a heel kick early and tags out to Ray. They hit a cool-looking double leg drop on Kenzo, and Michael Cole says, They call that move the 420. <laughs> and he exp- after marijuana leaves and pot smoke. <laughs> yeah, he explains they call it that because four legs plus combined shoe size. So there you go. Yeah, eight, eight, and twelve. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> that made me. That made me I genuinely laughed out loud when I, I heard that. I also laughed. Yeah. Mysterio with a springboard cross body block on Suzuki. It's good for two. Suzuki whips. <laughs> Kenzo Pazuki whips Mysterio hard into the turnbuckle. What? <laughs> That'd make it more interesting. Just come out with like a cast iron and <laughs> ice cream God. scoop on the cookie. I mean, come on. I want a Pazuki. So Pazuki. Pazuki. Gotta get a Pazuki. I wish. I will. I will say for. As much as uh, Suzuki and Dupree are stinky, there was one guy in the front with a very prominent sign for both of them. What did it say? It just said it said Dupree on the top and then Kenzo on the bottom, and it was just a French flag, but like the white part in the middle just had a big red circle in the middle, like combined Japan and France. That guy, I was like, good. Oh, that's a good a, sign, but okay. <laughs> that's a plant. Uh, of course. It's got to be. It's got to be a plan. Ain't no one liking this team. I mean, now, now you think about it, he was like green. He had all these leaves on him and stuff. It's weird. <laughs> it's like that uh, episode of uh, Goosebumps where they go into the basement. <gasps> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Rene Dupree whips Mysterio into the turnbuckle as the fans chant USA. USA. Which sounds like what, Jake? USA. Characters welcome. USA. Oh. oh, sorry, it was U.S. Renee, and I was falling asleep again. <laughs> Mysterio avoids an attack, but Dupree nails a huge boot to the head. Mysterio with a head scissors on Dupree, and he's in 619 position. As Ray rebounds off the ropes, Suzuki attacks Mysterio to prevent a 619. Ray is feverishly trying to powerbomb Suzuki. Not Kimura! <laughs> Get it? Because he's... Never going to be as good as Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh. He's, he's Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's just, you know. But it's not working. Mysterio's just taking a, a face full of wiener when uh <laughs> when Ray holds him long enough for RVD to hit a jumping kick off the top. Leading... He's going for the chin post slam. At least it wasn't Renee, who never wears a freaking jockstrap. <laughs> Uh, Mysterio, he powerbombs Suzuki onto the floor. RVD whips Dupree, and Dupree nails Ray with a baseball slide. RVD sets up Dupree on the barricade. Meanwhile, I'm just feeling sorry for the fan's face Dupree has inevitably shoved his French sausage into. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, dude. I I said this earlier in the season, but there was a time where Renee and Tori had like a a, a match. You know, it was like a, a devious thing Paul Heyman or Kurt Angle did. 
and mm-hmm. he goes for a pin on Tori, and like it's like that you know that shoulder pin like you put your knees in their shoulders and like your crotch is in their face and like oh gosh yeah. his wiener was like right in her face I felt so bad for her poked her in the eye she's like, <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway uh, he's just got like the, is he like not rocking a cup or is it just like the world's pointiest one <laughs> dude he's not wearing anything under there that's for freaking panties dude somebody should just yeah. tap him in the nutsack then just help teach him <laughs> not for real Put him in that show, Undertaker. He'd just be like, I'm going to teach you, boy. <laughs> you got to learn to put your dick away. He's all wiener, no balls. <laughs> as we say in the South. Oh, wait, that's all hat, no cattle. That's all butt, no cheeks. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like I said all year, that dude needs a jock strap, and I can't believe no one ever made him wear one. Maybe. More like a cock strap. Ooh, tell Ooh. him. So RVD nails the spinning leg drop on the apron, or off the apron, onto the back of Dupree. Back in the ring, RVD with a monkey flip on Dupree into a Mysterio drop kick. Good for two on the pin. Dupree channeling his inner Dusty Rhodes with two jabs, followed by a standing drop kick on RVD. I used to love when Dusty did that drop kick. Just, just kidding. Little fat guy. <laughs> oh, come here, Cody. Milk, milk, good old daddy, Dusty Rhodes, baby. Dusty, Cody's gone, Dad. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> what? I said, I said, Cody's gone, Dad. I still don't know what you said. <laughs> I said, Cody's going to do it. Like Stone Cold? But where did he come from? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? It works. I was trying something funny. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do something Wait other put- than talk about this stupid match. Yeah, way to bring a man down, Levi. You're hey, toxic. hey, I know it's not in the spirit of Christmas, but I just wanted to make sure I understood. You're toxic, I'm sipping under. Taste of the poison paradise. Reminds me of getting ready for school in the morning, watching VH1. Renee goes for the tag, but something about that powerbomb. Uh, Suzuki was still on the floor this whole time. So RVD hits a catapult on Renee into Ray, attempting a seated senton off the top, although it didn't really connect, but it made me gasp. It was a cool attempt at a move there. <laughs> Dupree whips RVD into the ropes, and Suzuki finally emerges and grabs RVD's feet, and Dupree with a clothesline as the world's weirdest tag team takes control. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kinso slams RVD's head against the turnbuckle and does his best big show impression by slip. By slowly raising his hand in the air and yelling, possibly signaling he wants some scatty. <laughs> Tass said it means, I'm going to get you. Ah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Crack me up. Now it's time to check your phone as Suzuki grabs a headlock. <laughs> yeah. This is when I perked up in the match, started getting excited. Dude, this is some real hardcore technical wrestling, man. It's what you all asked for. But with the help of fans clapping, RVD attempts to break it up. Kenzo goes to slam his head on the turnbuckle. RVD yells, no! (laughs) And blocks the initial attempt, but Kenzo delivers a big elbow to his head, knocking RVD down. I I, I I laugh so hard at the big comical nose. No! What was up with that? It's like, I gotta stop it! (laughs) And Kenzo's just like, get down. (laughs) 
RVD with a spin kick on Suzuki, and Mysterio gets the tag. Mysterio hits Dupree with punches in the corner. Hiroko distracts the ref, and the weirdos hit a double-team neckbreaker into Renee, just kind of throwing Ray recklessly to the mats. <laughs> Tori Wilson runs down to the ring to chase after Hiroko, and they run around the ring with Wilson chasing her to the back, so there's no more shenanigans. Suzuki with an armbar to Mysterio. Mysterio breaks free, but Suzuki grabs his leg to prevent a tag. Dupree with a drop kick to the back of Mysterio. Rene Dupree doing what he does best as he applies another rest hold to Rey Mysterio. Whee! Hey, they're giving you time to check Facebook and Twitter, huh? Ooh. Really kicked it into the next gear. They work over Ray for a while. Ray tries to tag out by going under Dupree's legs, which I don't know why you would do that and risk touching his little sausage. Oh, 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 oh. Little sausage. Santa? Is little wiener. <laughs> Dupree punches RVD off the apron to stop attack from happening. Suzuki works over Ray with some stomps, followed by a clothesline. Dupree tags in, and both he and Kenzo do the French tickler dance, followed by a headbutt. <laughs> From Renee. And this is the first display of character from both men, and we're 80% into the match. Yeah, for real. Mysterio with a back elbow, followed by a head scissor, sends Dupree into the ring post. And then we get the hot tag to RVD. Oh, yeah, one of a kind. You know, weird RVD fun fact I never actually listened to his theme in full until like this week. The fear I see when I look in your eyes yeah, I don't know why. you believe I'm one of a kind. I have just never actually bothered to seek out and listen to the full song, and I did. And it was quite good, so yippee. I like it too. Um, and I, I like how WWE will like break up a song for the sake of, I don't know, making something more triumphant in the entrance, because like Edge's theme, for instance, um, they start with the chorus and then lead into the first verse and then back to the chorus whereas the song you know it starts out with the, i've been defeated and then it leads into on this day i always uh -huh. i always liked how they did that same with randy orton's theme and and same with rvd's theme here because i think it's like it goes dun, 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 i got this feeling deep inside of me i'm like huh. my so i don't know i always kind of <laughs> like that i think it just encourages the the crowd to like they want to chant it. They're like, I know the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of independent uh, promotions could take notes of that too, because one of my biggest pet peeves with independent promotions is like wrestlers will make you wait a bajillion years to get to that, the chorus. Oh God, that hurts. Company. That shit hurts. So bad. You know, what's what's worse than that is when the independent wrestler makes their own entrance song and they make you wait for the chorus. <laughs> Unless it's Houston. Red, 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 red. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Ugh. RVD comes in hot with kicks followed by a drop kick, shoulder thrust into a body slam, and a split leg and moonsault for a two count. Van Dam with a scoop slam, <laughs> followed by <laughs> that rolling thunder. With Mysterio, they hit a leg drop at the same time. Michael Cole said they call this move the Chalupa Roll. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Mysterio charges at Suzuki. All the stoner food you can think of, bro. <laughs> Makes me want to go to Taco Bell. Makes you want to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Mysterio charges at Suzuki as he sends Mysterio to the floor via a modified Spagingo of sorts. Half a ding there. Producer, half a ding. Okay, thank you. RVD kicks both dudes and follows this up with some sort of body press on Dupree for a two count. I have no doubt this was a move Renee messed up. <laughs> Probably. Mysterio with a drop kick that sent Dupree into 619 position and RVD kicks Suzuki to put him beside Dupree. Double 619 by Mysterio. Suzuki sells it so slowly, so RVD just throws him out of the ring. RVD goes up top and hits a five-star frog splash on Dupree while Mysterio takes out Suzuki on the floor. If this sounded like a lot, it's because it was, as RVD covers for the win in 17 <laughs> minutes and 12 seconds. Fuck. And uh, Kyle, what did you think about this match? Uh, uh, that's my review. No, I'm just kidding. Um, for one, I thought it was long as hell. Like, oh my god, this thing went on for too long. And not necessarily the fault of RVD and Rey Mysterio, because anything they do, like, the crowd gets behind. But Renee and Suzuki just... No, they're just once again just boring and nothing. But, you know, like I said, when RVD and Rey Mysterio came in, things got more fun. I really did like the combo moves. I popped for the 420 leg drop and the Chalupa roll and all that. <laughs> and uh, also, it's nice seeing RVD picking up the win. I just feel like after he got uh, out, no, well, I don't know. I felt like recently he just hasn't been showcased enough, I guess you could say. So, um, I don't know. It's really hard to rate this, having watched the show back, because, you know, spoiler alert, this is probably, like, one of the better things to happen on the show. Yep. So, for what it is, thumbs up, but really it's, you know, for a wrestling match, it's kind of just thumbs middle. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's the match of the night, which is kind of like being the nicest guy in prison. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's probably thumbs middle. One of the things I thought was kind of weird was how Rey Mysterio was clearly wearing a mask from a different outfit so he could match um, RVD's black and yellow trunks. It's like it, it seemed like they came out and he's like, hey man, do you have any black that you could go with that so we could look like a team? And then he's like, well, I have a black mask. He's like, well, let's see how weird it looks. It can't look that weird. You're wrong. It did look weird. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> but yeah, thumbs middle if I didn't say it already. So I have, I have kind of a lot to say here. Uh, but I say thumbs middle. It was too long. Oh, I, yeah. I love. Oh, way too long. I love everything RVD and Mysterio did. But Kenzo and Renee are not meant for long matches. Nope. They're way too boring and way too limited. And this is the final big match of both of their WWE careers. And to them, I say <gasps> good riddance. Uh, peace. Bye. Kenzo and Renee both work the Royal Rumble, but after that, Kenzo is never seen again on TV. He is uh, released in the summer of 05, and Renee fades away into obscurity, making brief appearances on Raw and ECW. ECW. And checking Wikipedia... I was just curious. Uh, Renee made his debut in 1996 at the age of 13. Whoa. So you mean to tell me this guy was an eight-year vet at this point and he worked with all-time great veterans and still couldn't get it together? Still sucked. 
still stacky. So to me, I can't verify this, but this felt like a last chance match, like a chance for both of these guys to prove their worth as potential main adventures, and they failed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think how their WWE's careers pan out tells you all you need to know. I don't care for Kenzo Pazuki, and Renee is one of the worst I've ever seen. That dude is dog water, and I never want to see another match of his. <laughs> Levi shoots on Renee Dupree. Brother sucks career. Can I say that? Brother sucks. Brother sucks career. Brother sucks career. I went wow. there. I went there. That's right. I mean, it's fair. Hit him with it. I watched his whole WWE run. It's over. For all intents and purposes, it's over. We'll, we'll never review another one of his matches. Brother sucks. Do you gentlemen dare join me in that assessment? All right. Brother, brother sucks career. Brother sucks. Yeah, it's really hard to disagree. Yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to, to put my name behind that. Brother sucks career. Brother sucks. What a buffoon. It's the ultimate. Brother sucks. Boom. Triple brother sucks. Let's go. Triple brother sucks. Brother, brother, brother sucks. And uh, what's... Help Help me out here. What's 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 like the worst soda of all time? If you had to pick uh, one. Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi Blue. Hey, get, the, yeah. get the heck out of here. Hey. <laughs> Got uh, him. I'd say uh, diet right. Ooh, that's pretty... Fresca. Yeah, one of those two. Diet right fresco. Consider this your diet right splash of the century. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just picture the Pepsi Blue music with, but it's like replaced with fart sounds. <laughs> Someone with a fart keyboard, help me out here. <laughs> Want to try something your grandpa thought was delicious? <laughs> hey, after our diet rights, we can go to the KFC buffet and get blue pudding. Mm, pudding. <laughs> Only my real OGs remember that one. <laughs> Look like toothpaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's eating this? Who's going to KFC to eat pudding? Just old people, I guess. I don't know. I never mess with it. <laughs> I, I, I get like just Jello. Be like, all right, that's enough for me. Wait, you got Jello at the KFC? <laughs> hey man, if I eat the KFC buffet, it's like, why not? I'm not going to yeah, eat the weird pudding. There's red Jello. May as well yeah. have red jello. It's like going to the buffet and, and having jello. Like why why are you trying yeah. to blow my dude up about that? Yeah, man. It's like you tell me you don't have the red jello at Shoney's salad bar. I I don't know. I always got like a scoop of ice cream or something. Put like oh, whatever, dude. put gummy worms in it like an absolute freak. Why are you eating that? Oh, that was like uh, Ryan's. You remember Ryan's? Well, we didn't go to Ryan's. I went to uh Shoney's and KFC buffet. <laughs> I definitely got the ham cubes at the Shoney's, don't you worry. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's how you do it. It's a real OGs. Ham cubes and cottage cheese. <laughs> anyway, let's move forward here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, our I didn't realize our, our preferences of buffets. <laughs> Okay. So divisive.
Backstage to Daniel Pewter. <laughs> Daniel Pewter. More like Daniel Powder because he had a bad promo. Dude, <laughs> get wrecked. So Daniel Pewter, tough enough finalist, cuts a promo on Mike the Miz Mizanin, known to most wrestling fans as the Miz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to most wrestling fans as successful. <laughs> Miz and Mizriz. <laughs> Mizriz. Hey, you gotta give him props. I mean, Maurice, she's 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 uh, she's a pretty lady. She did a pretty lady. She got she got a, 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 Those puppies, one, two breasts. <laughs> she's got a fat dumper. <laughs> hey little that's mama, you fart with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment, Mrs. Miss Annan. She's definitely listening. Listening, dude. I, I don't know about you, but I love the Armageddon one million dollar tough enough Dixie dog fight. <laughs> so dumb. So Daniel Peter here tells Mike that he's going to beat him in the Dixie dog fight this evening, and hopefully it doesn't resemble the kennel from hell. Tee hee. He fumbles over his words, but I won't hate too much because he's new. I haven't watched. Wait, wait, wait. I will. That was awful. Daniel Pewter's promo. That was awful. I'd hate all you want. <laughs> I guess I just. I don't know. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, it was pretty bad. No. It was bad. Yeah, I'm not gonna I, act like it's not. You want me? I, I wrote it, it down. You want paper, me to read it? Okay. Yes. Yes. Go doubt. ahead, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I had to write this shit down. It's so awful. Because, Mike, there are two pains in life: my right and my left. Tonight, you're gonna feel both of them. You've been going around talking to everybody about this and that, about how I don't know anything. This is, you've been talking too much crap, Mike. It's going to come down between you and me on a Dixie dog fight on the pay-per-view Armageddon, and I'm going to kick your ass. Thing is, Mike, man, I can't wait. This is worth more to me than a million dollar dollars to me. I cannot imagine how much pain, and I create referee stoppage, so watch out. <laughs> can, can I Can I make a... Can you put my, that in the chat somewhere? Because I, I want to read it like Morty. Oh, God. I, I, I wrote it down physically. Oh, you here. wrote it down? All right, well, never mind. Are you talking about, like, Rick and Morty, or you yeah, like, like Marty? Oh, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick your ass. Oh, I thought you might have been talking about Marty from SpongeBob, like Patrick's dad. What? Janet? Yeah, exactly. Marty. <laughs> Marty. Oh, God. Yeah, that, 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 oh, my God, that promo just hurt. Like, wait, listen to that. <laughs> Specifically, uh, you and me on a Dixie dog fight on the pay-per-view Armageddon, and uh, this is worth more than a million dollar dollars to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, gosh. like, legitimate stutter. This was crap. I don't know, man. I, I feel like he put a lot of effort into the, the competition okay. from what I saw. So I'm like, yeah, he's not a wrestler. He's not a promo. No charisma. So for what it was, I was like, all right, you know, I can look past it. But yeah, when you break it down like that. Eesh. Okay. The one thing I'll say, not I, I, I won't defend it because like the Miz's promo wasn't really good either. But at the very least, it felt like a, a cohesive wrestling promo. wrestling promo. This just felt like a guy... Trying his hardest to sound tough and failing in every way. <laughs> so he was not tough enough, you're, you say? <gasps> oh my god! 
I haven't watched the Tough Enough segments that much other than a couple of them. Like, they've taken up over 20 minutes of SmackDown every week. Ugh. And I'm just like, why? They got these dudes out here doing, like, squats with Kurt Angle and the Tori Wilson sex test, but it's like Mae Young comes out. Ha, ha, ha. It's it's weird. <laughs> I will it's, say... Honestly- uh, I just want to say, like, looking back on it, it just kind of feels more like a hazing ritual than a contest, really, you know? 100%. 100%. And uh, one thing I do want to say, though, is one thing, one segment I did watch was the Big Show Body Slam Challenge, which I think if you go on YouTube, it's it's like got 15 million views or something like that. And uh-huh. Big Show is just straight up body slamming these dudes. And, you know, the Body Slam is one of the most worked moves because they work together the guys push off the legs to, you know, make it easier. He's just lifting these guys straight off the ground, and these guys are huge. And Big Show gets so blown up by the end of it. And I was I was impressed by his strength, but uh, his conditioning definitely left something to be desired, and we're, we'll get more into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see that later on. <laughs> yep. Uh, so sad. But um, have you guys checked out any of the, the Tough Enough segments? Other than what I mean, we've seen. Famous ones. Yeah, I, I've seen Pewter uh, put the Kurt Angle in the armbar and such like that. I I've seen them do like like run around the ring with with things over their heads and like I've seen them do a, a lot of the stupid stuff, uh, but not like sequentially. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like we're missing much. I mean, I, I spoke about this in the last episode, but we got people like The Miz, who's probably the most notable tough enough contestant that there ever was. Uh, we got one of the Spirit Squad members. I forget who it is. Maybe uh, Nick Mitchell, I think's his name. Uh, Ryback was in this uh, in this squad. Uh, Vanilla Gorilla oh. Ryback. Hey, hey, was, what's worse, that or Skip Sheffield? Yep, yep, yep. What it do? <laughs> was God. Boogeyman was Boogeyman part of this group? He didn't make it in because he lied about his age. Oh, right. he, I was yeah, wondering if he is, was part of that. But he was in great shape. He was like the standout guy. But they said, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 30. Like, no, no, no. How old are you? I'm 30. What's your driver's license say? 1964. That's right. I'm 40. (laughs) They're like, we don't take liars. I'm like, what? You absolutely take liars. That's all y'all do. (laughs) Hey, brother. We don't take liars here, dude. Hulk Hogan, that was that, you know what that's a, that's a great illusion. I I appreciate that. So, but what if, if you know if he immediately clapped back with that, he might still he might have got the job. Be like, what about Hulk Hogan? Shit, you got us on tape. Andre right, didn't die on. the night after he got body slammed. <laughs> Andre didn't die exactly the moment when he got body slammed by Hogan. <laughs> better watch out you better not cry you better not pout i'm telling you why why santa claus is coming to town gather round he's making a list checking it twice he's gonna find out who's naughty and nice santa claus is coming to town he sees you when you're sleeping oh he knows man it is Versus in a match. Honestly. <laughs> well, I'm seeing on the thing. The, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Up next, it's the Kurt Angle Invitational. Well, who who answers the, the invitation? 
none other than jolly old Saint Nicholas himself, Santa Claus. You know what? Kurt, please don't hit me in the testicles. Oh, oh, ho hurts. <laughs> ho ho, Kurt, you ho ho hurt me. Uh, so before Thanksgiving, Kurt Angle starts the Kurt Angle Invitational. If someone can beat him, he will award them his Olympic gold medal, which he's now started wearing his legit 1996 Olympic gold medal. That's a shooting medal. It's all tantamount to Kurt Angle beating the local jobber to establish dominance as the best wrestler in the world. So tonight, Kurt has issued the challenge to Santa Claus. Yeah. Georgia native. (laughs) (laughs) So why Santa? Because Kurt says he works his butt off all year long. That being Kurt. But his daughter only wants to talk about Santa and write him letters. So Kurt's going to teach Kris Kringle a lesson by, quote, making fat, pathetic Santa tap out. What do you guys think about the heat here between Kurt Angle and Santa? It's, it's just blistering. Busy. Blistering hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kurt's just yeah, so upset that his daughter writes to Santa. He implies that like she's writing to him all the time. It's like, are you supposed to write <laughs> like once? Last Thursday, she wrote a letter to Santa saying she wished he was a real dad and she could come visit. <laughs> Sounds like uh, his daughter's working diligently all year long to be on the nice list. I mean, I'm talking to Jake and Kyle from the Ruthless Pot. You guys are probably staying on the naughty list. Y'all, y'all you, you damn right. <laughs> well, you know, you say that, but around this time, you got to remember, I was a senior in high school. I had a job, so I couldn't have detention. So I was a pretty, pretty straight shooter. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Thank you. This is true. So let's get underway here. <laughs> this will take a while. Yeah, it's like a 10 hour segment. We lock up to start. Kurt slams Santa into the mat. Kurt hits an angle slam on Santa Claus. <laughs> Followed by the ankle lock, Santa has no choice but to tap out. And, uh, yeah, Kurt Angle wins here. Uh, Jake, what did you think about this match? Whatever. It, I, whatever. It's, a, it's an angle. It's not even a match. Move on. I'm not even it's not even worth rating incomplete. Uh well, I have to disagree with Jake. That gets a huge like two thumbs up from me. Like even more than a single thumbs up. Oh wow. No, I'm just kidding. Um it was fine, but at this point I was like, this is a weird segment upon a pay-per-view. It made me really think like this feels like a segment like in the middle of a smackdown episode and so like that thought kept creeping into my head for the rest of this show yeah and i'm like oh no like honestly going forward my theory started to be that this is just like a loose smackdown script they were like ah crap well we gotta have something for the show we don't have anything planned well just add a match to this show and then make it the pay-per-view well um i'm gonna take a different approach here i said thumbs up you guys may judge me harshly for that but it made me laugh like it's not much of a match obviously but i suppose it was one like i wonder why in december of all months santa would wrestle kurt angle and lose so horribly but i don't know it made me laugh (laughs) but yeah like 
I, I'm not going to say, I didn't say it didn't make me laugh. It was fine. It was funny. It was lowly. But, but uh, like you, you said, know. Kyle, it, it's a, it's SmackDown. It's it's basically SmackDown. And I think if this, if this happened on a SmackDown TV show, I, I probably would have been like, yeah, thumbs up for sure. But on a pay-per-view, it feels a little odd out of place. Mm-hmm. We, we would be still talking funny, about, though. We would be talking about it every Christmas being like, oh, man, remember that time Kurt Angle beat up Santa Claus? Then ripped his freaking teeth out and broke all his fingers. <laughs> beat his ass off. That's what <laughs> oh, he done. Whoa. We, we cut backstage to Mike Mazanin. <gasps> Mike makes reference to Pewter's fighting background and talks about how everyone is calling him an underdog. He says he's never been an underdog and tells Pewter to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, baby, we'll be back right after this, but first, we gotta go take care of a little business. like these red and green M&M's? I don't know. I never met the guy. <laughs> he does exist. They do exist. Uh, Santa? Superstar Jessica Simpson has something special for you this Christmas. Rejoice, the Christmas album. New from Jessica Simpson. Her first ever Christmas album makes the perfect gift. Featuring 11 of her favorite songs, including Let It Snow, Oh Holy Night, duets with husband Nick Lachey and her sister Ashley, and more. New from Jessica Simpson, Rejoice, the Christmas album. It's too good to wait till Christmas. Also available, the Reality Tour Live DVD. Call the number on your screen to order Jessica Simpson's new album, Rejoice, or the Reality Tour Live DVD, and receive a free Jessica Simpson poster as a bonus. Order now. Control all your favorite characters just by touching them. Super Mario 64 DS and Nintendo DS. Rated everyone. Like most, like commercials, like for like video games and like commercials for like teenage boys. There was always yeah. like, a, like it could be anything, like a GameCube or Mario Party, and the voice would be like, like super low and slow. Like, no, it'd be like, like hey there, get your stuff now. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I run into a lot I of know exactly. picking out commercials for the show, and it's like, Mario's in a whole new world. Play as him. Mario Sunshine. <laughs> it's 
It's like, why are you trying it's to like, sound so cool? It's like the funny thing about Capri Sun coolers. It's their pack with fruit flavor. It's like, okay, cool guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's spot on. You want to make a phone call, you got to dial 1-800-COLLECT like everybody else does. <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater's all-new adventure. Yeah, you should jump in. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot's back And this time he's got three legs (laughs) It's making my skin crawl Oh my god That's exactly how they all were It would be like gameplay footage of them like spazzing out And this guy would be like Hey go tell your parents to give you money (laughs) Who was this random cool guy That talked over video games and Capri I don't know I think think there are a lot of them (laughs) It's an army of cool Early two thousands guys. Hey, let's bring it back, man. Let's let's, let's bring let's it back. Bring back the low voice, <laughs> cool talking man. <laughs> just, just hear that. Be like, uh, yeah, follow us on TikTok. Yeah, uh. <laughs> doesn't sound right. <laughs> I will hire a VO guy off Fiverr. I will make this happen. <laughs> and people will be like, whoa, they really are mid two thousands podcast. <laughs> hey, check it. It's the Ruthless Aggression podcast. <laughs> you know, I had a listener asked me the other day I said they said hey when you say you're a mid-2000s podcast do you mean the middle of the 2000s or just a crappy podcast about the middle 2000s I'm like shut up and you say uh, both baby <laughs> sometimes depending on the episode yeah depending on the episode <laughs> we are a mid-2000s podcast Daniel Pewter versus Mike Mizanin in a Dixie dog fight. Shut up, it's dogs. You know, they. <laughs> this reminds me that my football coach, he had a dog named Dixie, and it got hit by a car, and the whole Good. team got a mass text saying, Coach Dixie died. <laughs> and we all, bust, we all bust out laughing. <laughs> I feel kind of bad now because Doggy, oh that's sad but Coach Dixie (laughs) Doggy's not a coach It's like Air Bud Made no rules says a dog can't play basketball (laughs) Uh, Not quite sure how to break this one down but this, geez why did I say that like a sitcom Not quite (laughs) sure how to break this one down not sure how to break this one down. Oh my God. We'll see after the break. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> Rated E for everyone. Oh, God, stop it. You guys are so good at it. Oh, it's making my skin absolutely crawl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, anyway, man. I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> Shut up. Go away, Cobra. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm not sure how to break this one down, but this was the final competition between... Uh, these tough enough contestants, Daniel Pewter and The Miz. You, you don't really have to break it down. I can just give a very, very, very short summary. Well, punch, I have punch, each punch. Punch, 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 punch. <laughs> no, it was, it was Daniel Pewter trying and kind of failing to look like he was a professional fighter, and The Miz just going in and hugging him and leaning on him 
and doing everything kind of butt boxing. <laughs> butt boxing? Punch, 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 punch. Yeah, he's doing butt boxing. <laughs> yeah. He, he would like throw like a few punches, get real close, put his arms around him. Then punch his butt. Punch him on the wiener. wiener. At one point, one point pewter punched a... Uh, Punched the Miz in the back of the head when he had his head turned. <laughs> Made me laugh so hard. Like, you moron. <laughs> stupid. I, I think the best the best part of the entire match was at the very end when Al Snow was like, okay, everyone, Daniel Pewter clearly won the fight, but he's not going to win tough enough. It's not over yet. You can still vote. Like, mm-hmm. this, is another, this is another angle. This isn't a match. This is three minutes of stupidity. That had to be uh, that had to actually be watched by the state boxing commission because it was a shoot boxing match in the middle of a wrestling show. It makes absolutely no sense. It's stupid and pointless. You want to see these guys wrestle? Cool. Let's get them together and put boxing gloves on and see if we can give them concussions before they get started. <laughs> stupid. It's embarrassing. as hell. Yeah, it's like what's the best part about wrestling? Boxing, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, has there ever been a successful wrestling boxing tie-in? No. There's Mike like, Tyson. This, no, that's not what I mean. I, I, like in a match setting, you mean, right? Yes. No, I mean, obviously I Mike Tyson, of. yeah, that was No, I, I don't know. Would, would you count the big show? And, uh, Here's Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather no, stuff. No, that's a wrestling match. But he was he was boxing in it. He was he had boxing gloves. Okay. And he was throwing boxing punches. And he looked at the camera and said, "Levi, I'm prepared to box." <laughs> <laughs> Be funny if you lost that match and everyone was like, "Oh, Floyd Mayweather, he's like 259 and one. Oh, who did he lose to?" <laughs> big Show. The Big, the big show. show goes on successful uh, boxing tirade. <laughs> The big show's the middleweight champion of the world. He's got to make weight before the next match. <laughs> um, so just a couple things I want to say about this Dixie dog fight is um, we we see that Pewter is a grappler. He's not a striker. And clearly Miz is no athlete. So this is just not good. You got three one-minute rounds and there's no judges. After no. three rounds, Daniel Pewter is declared the winner by... Fan decision? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, like I didn't hate this, but it it I was interested to like to see how it went. But Miz was flopping around like a madman. Like totally yeah. uncoordinated and unathletic. He just seemed like completely out of his depth. It just kind of got annoying at one point because I, you know, I was watching it and I'm like, I didn't expect it to be good, but he kept just like getting in like super close, basically just bear hugging dude. And the ref kept having to break him up like so many times. It just got annoying. It's like they just couldn't fight. <laughs> the problem is, is nobody realize how, realizes how difficult boxing is until you actually start boxing. And the amount mm-hmm. of cardio it takes to do three minutes of boxing, let alone, you know, three one-minute rounds where your whole point is go out there and try to knock that guy's head off. Like, yeah, it's, I'm just... It's a bad idea all the way around. Yeah. Um, what I did like about Miz here, though, is that he went out there like he was putting everything on the line. Despite not having a fighting background, he went for broke because he wanted to be in WWE that bad. So I liked it for that. But he looked embarrassing. Oh, yes. And I thought it was oh. funny how throughout the fight, it looked like 
he was landing punches, like just brief. Oh, Miz got a good punch there. And they would go on the replay and it revealed that Pewter was actually the one coming out on the winning end of it. They're like, oh, right. well, actually, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, so any, any final thoughts about this segment, fellas? I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I think, I, I think that, I don't know. It's, it's very weird. Cause that's a boxing thing. Yeah. Miz sucked, but I guess, you know, if you're trying to figure out who's a better fit for wrestling, you know, Miz showed at least some promise pewter, not at all. Like he is just about as much personality as cardboard, <laughs> but the, also, in the post-match promo, or, uh, you know, the interview, uh, Miz is clearly punk drunk. Like, you can't understand a word yeah. he's saying. <laughs> I mean, he went well, out. And... It's not as bad as Pewter's second one, where he's like, yeah, I'm an MMA fighter, because I do MMA. Where I'm an MMA fighter, snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a cool catchphrase. Well, he's definitely got the fan support. I mean, they're chanting UFC every time they see him. Because everybody likes Ultimate Fighter. Isn't that what he was from? No, Ultimate Fighter was a thing in the next year, I think, 05, with, like, uh, Forrest Griffin and... Uh, I thought that's what they were implying. What was that? Like, what, what, how, is he how is he associated with the UFC? I, I guess I just misunderstood what they were implying. But like I said, he's he's not a boxer. He's not a striker. He's he no. His whole thing, the whole time, he said, was snap, crackle, and pop. He's a submission guy. He's a wrestler. Well, I don't know about a wrestler, but he's going to do submission not a, moves. a pro wrestler. Which is how he took Kurt Angle down. Like, he almost made an Olympic gold medalist tap out. That's, that's that, He almost got the snapper tap with Kurt, yeah. There's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about his ability. And, and dude's in tremendous shape. Uh, but this did him no favors. Mm-mm. And I don't really think they were in the business of that, as we'll get into in uh, the Royal Rumble review in, in a couple of reviews from now. But um, I want to yeah, Daniel Peter, he goes on to win the Million Dollar Tough Enough. Uh, he wrestles that lone match, and uh, during the weeks of Tough Enough, Pewter unwittingly makes an enemy out of Kurt Angle, and thus the rest of the locker room. Uh, so like I said, uh, we'll get into that in a few reviews, but for now, congrats, Daniel Pewter. You won <laughs> the Dixie Dog fight. You, good job, Pewter. You've got you've to pay capital gains tax on that, and you are an independent contractor, Congratulations on your twenty grand. On your one dollar. Here we are as in olden days. Happy golden days of yours. Faithful friends who are dear to us. Gather near to us once more. We cut backstage to Eddie Guerrero and Booker T. The <laughs> They've been doing the same thing for weeks now at SmackDown. They're bickering about the match as they, you know, uh, they laugh at the possibility that one could beat the other for the title, taking JBL out of the equation. They put that aside, remembering Undertaker's also in the match, and both men propose, or rather volunteer the other, to take out The Undertaker. As they're plotting, Undertaker, unbeknownst to them, is lurking behind them. He stares them down huh. and walks away as they comically bicker as he leaves. <laughs> what a couple of funny fellas. 
Yeah, it's like goofy WWE crap, but it works because everybody's committed. Everybody's everybody's having a good time in it. I like it. I, I liked it too, and and it actually sets up stuff for later in the in the night in the the main event. Them talking about oh you know I could just do this and it could be over like it actually it's some pretty decent long term storytelling over the course of the show. So usually at this point I would transition into the next match. You know you would hear music if you're listening on the podcast. You would hear music uh, introduction from Kyle. And then we, I would get into the background and into the, the meat of the match. Um, the next match is the Basham Brothers versus Charlie Haas and Hardcore Holly. Uh, I refused to review this match. Uh, not because uh, anybody did anything nefarious in real life or anything. This match has no significance at, about anything in wrestling history or world history or any kind of history. N- nobody remembers this match. Nobody cares about this match. It was COVID-era silent. I could hear everything they were saying. No build, no heat, no thanks. I refuse. All you need to know is the two women, a.k.a. Miss Jackie and Don Marie, come out to distract Charlie, and that costs the team the match. And after that, Hard Snore Holly berates Charlie for being distracted by women. I swear, it's the arena is so silent, you can hear every word Hardcore Holly is saying. Yes, and this is it was this, incredibly awkward. This is the same guy who wrestled Brock Lesnar for the title 10 months ago. <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. This Cole dude, mentioned... I'm I was going to say, Michael Cole mentioned that this is a bonus match, so this wasn't even on the card initially, right? Mm, well, no. I don't guess so. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> like, clearly, if you... Like, it looks like something happened. Like, something went way shorter than it was supposed to be. Or something, you know, card subject to change. We're missing something big from the middle of this show. But when you consider how long the first match was, and this match getting thrown in the middle with absolutely no build, it's cl- they're like they're trying to fill time. Uh, I think they, I think something went awry, and somebody wasn't able to, to be there. Who something could it be? I'd say Levi. You weren't there. <laughs> It'd be, uh, I think it's Rikishi. <gasps> Rikishi. No, nah, he was too fat. He refused to lose weight. So Aww. they fired him. <laughs> That's in his last name. Just let him be. Um, but, uh, come on. I didn't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tattoo is his last name. Oh, I was like, she? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rikishi's last name is she. <laughs> like a girl. Now, before we go, I just want to say, like, of note, uh, I agree with everything you said, but one thing, just to emphasize how just nothing and boring and terrible that match was, uh, at one point, the, the crowd, who has been completely silent up to that point, like halfway in, starts to chant boring, but then they just stop and go silent again, because they don't, it's just not worth the energy. It's just that, just pointless and shitty. It's so boring, it's not even worth telling them it's boring. Nope. I find this way. Anyway. I find it way more offensive than in a in a couple years in the timeline than uh, when we get to ECW December to Dismember. Anything they did on that show was less egregious than this. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to stand by that. And we'll, stand by it. We'll see how it holds up when we get to it in like five years. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, have you guys ever seen that show? I have seen. Parts I've seen the zombie. That's all oh, that, that was on that show.
US title street fight as John Cena takes on Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> United States Championship on the line. The look in the eyes of John Cena, the intensity after being pulled oh, yeah. a million times. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Carlito's got whoa, 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 whoa. that steel chain Cena carries around. Carlito stole the title. And now the indignity walking out of the arena with Cena's signature chain. Last week after SmackDown, John Cena was attacked in an after-hours club, and he is uh, basically fighting now to save his own kidney. Puncture wounds to the kidney. Uh, doctors are doing all they can to try to save that kidney, but uh, of course, John Cena not here tonight. We're not sure when he will return. Are you sure you wasn't in that nightclub the night John Cena was attacked? I told you. I don't hang out with thugs. The authorities have let me know that the night John Cena was stabbed, your bodyguard, Jesus, was right there in the same club. The champ is back! And tonight, your boy is gonna win back the United States title. I know you've been promoting this United States title match all week through that, but as you know, I suffered an injury at Survivor Series, thanks, thanks to that, that, that thug, John Cena. And now I think what we need to do, we need to postpone this match about, about four to six weeks. I'm not feeling that. You know, the match is still on. Carlito, you embarrassed me once. Now it's time for the tides to switch. Because everybody here knows payback is a bitch. John Cena was stabbed in the kidney back in October 7th, and Carlito and Jesus were in the nightclub that night. I don't think John Cena gives a damn about an injured shoulder. Watch out. Now that was barbaric. And now John Cena just mocking Carlito. Remember what Carlito did to Cena in Cena's hometown. That's what oh, Carlito oh, did. Here we go. No way. John Cena with an FU. John Cena covers, pokes the leg. Look at this. Cena goes. Cena wins the United States oh, Championship. God. gonna take back his property that chain that Carlito stole from Cena Watch out, look at Jesus oh, man. Jesus targeting the injured kidney of John Cena a sneak attack from behind oh not this oh. a direct blow to the We discussed the nightclub stabbing of Cena, so after Survivor Series, Teddy Long sanctions a match for the U.S. title between Cena and Carlito. But because people want to see the shooting star. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we couldn't get more of that. But Carlito claimed he had a shoulder injury, despite not competing or getting physical at the pay-per-view. Teddy Long says, wrestle or be stripped of the title. So, Carlito competes, and Cena goes on to regain his U.S. title. But after the match, Jesus attacks Cena's injured kidney and ultimately hits him in the kidney with his own chain. <gasps> I know, man. I know. Hey, everybody, Jake is so shocked right now. I'm, I'm sorry. 
But uh, I can't believe it. It's dastardly. Leave the kidney alone, man. SmackDown ends with Cena getting stretchered out. A week later, Carlito and Jesus gloat about their actions. Jesus tells Cena that he, that being Jesus, is a thug too. And now that he has his wrestling license, they can take <laughs> this to the sheet. Uh, excuse me, not the sheets. <laughs> oh, from the streets to the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> they can take this to yo, the Yo, 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 John oh, Cena. They're going to take each other. streets to the sheets. They're going to face each other in a make me nut match. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no. They can take this to the streets or in the ring. Jesus is scheduled to wrestle Charlie Haas, but the match doesn't end up taking place as Carlito and Jesus small poor Charlie Haas, hitting him in the sternum with a chain-wrapped punch. After this, Teddy Long sanctions a match at Armageddon between Jesus and John Cena. In the go-home, Charlie goes one-on-one with Jesus in a street fight, and Charlie kicks Jesus's backside. Carlito quickly distracts Charlie by kidnapping Don Marie, so Charlie gets distracted, allowing Jesus to hit him in the back of the head. So the message I'm receiving from all this is that when Jesus is in a fight, he sucks. Yeah, he's not good. But when he takes yeah. cheap measures, he can overcome anything. This guy sucks. He's like opposite John Cena. I mean, we saw in Survivor Series, John Cena Long like Cena. beat him up as he's getting to Carlito, or trying to anyway. <laughs> Like, this dude's getting whipped around all over the arena. One-on-one with Charlie Haas, dude gets, like, manhandled. Like, oh, man, he's he's dog water. Yeah, this guy feels like so beyond nothing. <laughs> and wearing his 1920s long pants suspenders combo. <laughs> yeah, it looks so cartoonish. It just feels like it, uh, it feels like a character that Vince would have made, like, in the, the new generation or something. Some kind of cartoon character. In No dude. Mercy. Yeah, no mercy. You just you just hit like right C to change colors of your pants. <laughs> uh, so John Cena he debuts the U.S. Spinner Belt here. What do you guys think about that? It's very funny, like looking back at this because it's like at this point Cena's definitely over, and I know at this point I was definitely a Cena fan, but this is also kind of like the beginning, like the very very beginning of what we would kind of start to see Cena booked as, you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so it's like weird because like retroactively, I'm like, uh, this like he just wins and that's that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> people aren't scared of this yet. So, you know, whatever. It was fine. It was cool. I, I do like the U.S. spinner belt. <laughs> I, I thought the belt is cool. Like, I think I think they probably did everything that they could with this uh, Jesus jabroni. And that's <laughs> not saying much. I, I don't mm-hmm. think this was much of anything, really. But uh Nope. You know, John John got himself back over, got his his silly little chain, and uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I f- I feel bad, listeners. You're probably listening, going like, "Man, they're just going through this shit." Yeah, this part sucks. <laughs> this yeah. all sucks. This this, uh, this whole middle part here, not good. Like, it made I, me feel I, like I was watching the Royal Rumble again. Only it doesn't have a good ending. Yeah, I'll tell you guys. Like, I don't know how people watch. I assume you know some people probably like watch a pay per view along with us or maybe watch a pay-per-view after the hear us talk about it to get a full feel don't skip this one entirely this is a horrible show man i can already confidently <laughs> say that it's awful <laughs> we're not even gonna pretend like this has redeeming qualities i watched this thing twice just to be sure it sucked 
My only thumbs up is Kurt Angle versus Santa Claus for crying out loud. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Carlito, he spits Apple in Cena's face, and immediately Cena unloads on Jesus with punches in the corner. He's like, I want to be cool. Stop that. That's that's the gist of this match. Like, Jesus gets in no offense, but I'll, I'll get into that in, in a bit. And uh, you know he's harboring animosity towards Jesus because he punches past 10. So, <gasps> Jesus rakes Cena's eyes, and Carlito throws a kendo stick. Jesus hits Cena in the injured kidney with it, but Cena no-sells it and whacks Jesus in the head with the kendo stick. Cena hits him a couple more times, and he's hitting him so hard that the stick becomes frayed. Cena follows. He was laying those in there. Say that again. I'd say he was laying those in there. Yeah, he was putting that uh, Ruck Fools shirt to work. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a silly shirt, isn't it? It was. (laughs) Like, if you had said, like, Wreck Fools, like, you know, like, if you had made that, look, I'm here to Wreck Fools. But and then, like, I remember in uh, fifth grade at the time. Um, my teacher was like, now we must follow the rules. And I got up, did my word live, and said, Ruck fools. And everybody She's gasped. like, Levi, that's a detention. <laughs> she just grabbed you by the hair and started beating you. <laughs> no, I Stomps was a mud hole in me. <laughs> <laughs> so Cena follows this up by curb stomping the head of Jesus against the ring post. Cena chases Carlito away for the moment. Cena works over Jesus with punches to the head. And Jesus starts bleeding. They brawl into the crowd with Cena taking a sip of beer from a fan. Cena throws up a garbage can at Jesus. Dude's got all yucky garbage on him now. Uh, So gross. Cena takes Jesus up a flight of steps, but Carlito gets back into it with a punch to Cena's back. So Cena turns around, sets his sights on Carlito. I hate that he, like, drags him all the way up the stairs. Like, I'm going to throw him! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Slowly yeah, come back down. Pointless. It was pointless as hell. Jesus and Carlito attempt to uh, just absolutely lay out Cena with punches, but he powers out. He's just not phased whatsoever by anything they're doing. Mm-mm. Cena sends Jesus back to the ringside area with Cena sending Jesus face first into the floor. Cena with a trash can lid and nails Jesus in the head with it. Cena hit Jesus in the head with a street sign. He picks Jesus up and holds him for a very long time. Signals to Carlito, you can't see me. And (gasps) hits the FU. Cena covers for the pinfall win in 7 minutes and 50 seconds. And I'll go first here. Thumbs middle? This was a squash, plain and simple. And this, like Lita versus Trish in the last show, was more of an angle than a match. Jesus got in two moves, and neither of them faced Cena in the least. I hope you weren't planning to do anything with Jesus because he's buried. <laughs> I'm not with that match. Not not very good, um, as the kids say these days. We gotta get Cena over, I guess, but at what cost? Thumbs down. Hey, Ruck fools. Ruck fools. fools. (laughs) Yeah, this is like, I don't know, so weird. (laughs) Because the match, yeah, it's it's nothing. It's a squash. Jesus never felt important, and he definitely doesn't feel it now. I imagine he just goes away silently and nobody cares. (laughs) And uh, I'm fine with that. 
but it, it is just kind of weird. Like, I feel like at this point we are just starting to see the shift from the that kind of shift from, you know, the Attitude Era to Ruthless Aggression Era. I feel like we're starting to really see that shift, especially to like the Cena E era of the Ruthless Aggression, because I'm definitely noticing a lot more kids in the crowd nowadays. Yes. In these shows. And I'm like, oh, man, this is like this is it. This is like the very origin of like kind of like Super Cena before before the bad times. <laughs> so, fellas. So, th- 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 thumbs middle. Sorry. <laughs> This is the last time we'll see Jesus. <gasps> and uh, I couldn't really find a whole lot on what became of him. Um, but I can tell you this. He uh, tried his hand at mixed martial arts. Most, oh, yeah. Most notably in 2006, going one-on-one with Butterbean. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, he lost. <laughs> this of course. Dude, I, and, and it's on YouTube. You can look this up. This dude tries and hits a drop kick on Butterbean <laughs> and fails miserably. Oh man, he starts out like okay, but nah, it totally just. Oh man, he couldn't hang with Butterbean. Still build as Jesus and still wearing the big suspenders. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it would have been more entertaining, probably. Nah, but uh, yeah. So do you, do you guys have any? Uh, I don't know. Anything fun, fun, fun memories of Jesus? Uh, I remember when John Cena uh, said he was going to kill him and started hitting him with a kendo stick. <laughs> yeah, not much to say, huh? So, Jesus, no. we we raise our ruthless aggression root beer to you and say farewell. We liked you better than Rene Dupree. Say, get Probably. out of here, boy. Probably, yeah. I think that says something. Christmas, my baby gave to me a pair of Chloe shades and a diamond belly ring. On the seventh day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a nice back rub, then he massaged my feet. On the sixth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a crop jacket with dirty denim jeans. On the fifth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me the point that he wrote for me. We cut backstage to Charlie Haas and Miss Jackie. Oh, geez, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, this was cringe, like hardcore. Jackie can't Less filling. <laughs> Jackie can't believe that Don Marie interfered in Charlie's match, despite the fact she's been doing that for weeks now. <laughs> uh, she's like, I can't believe she costed your team the match. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Nothing was on the line, and neither team is better for competing in that match at all. Anywho. <laughs> Charlie she stops. Doesn't like to see her man lose. Charlie stops Jackie from wearing her uninsured, presumably very expensive engagement ring in the match, and uh, that'll be important later. So remember that. <gasps> then they yep, disgustingly make out. I literally gagged watching Charlie shove his tongue down her throat. They went for it. Oh, it was freaking gross. Like her eyes were rolling in the back of her head. You could <laughs> tell she. He was like. <laughs> 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 Sucking out her soul. <laughs> oh my um, god. Uh, anyway. I'm, I'm trying to spice this show up, Levi. I'm sorry. I'm giving you what I can. <laughs> All right, next match. Next match.
next match is a big fat dumb match. Uh, it's uh, Dawn Marie taking on Miss Jackie with Charlie Haas as the referee. <laughs> Over the past couple of months, Dawn Marie has sought to ruin Miss Jackie's life by accusing her fiance, Charlie Haas, of having a premarital affair with her. They fight and bicker every week, so Teddy Long is like, Enough. This ends at Armageddon, and I'm appointing Charlie Haas as the special referee. Slayer? Is it bad that I'm tired of, of Teddy Long? I don't like his delivery. Whoa, come on, man. I love Teddy Long, even though he blocked us on Twitter. The what? Oh, no, that was part of a, that whole, like, yeah. that wasn't him. Well, so he says. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I get tired. Every time he comes out, it's like the show, it's like someone hits the brakes. And he's like, let me say four words at a time. And then I'll say more words. I don't know. I get... In in defense of Teddy, I think his shtick works a lot better on weekly TV than it does on pay-per-view. On pay-per-view, it's like, Teddy, we love you, but get out of the way, get to the point. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. I think you guys are way out of line. And and just for that... I'm not not hating Just for that... You're going to go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> with the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, let's get this dog water match out of the way. This Dixie dog oh, water. water. Match. Dixie Did dog water. Uh, towards the beginning, Taz sings The End is Near, and it made me lull very hard. I, fucking, I love that song. He actually much. did it pretty good. He's like, The End is I was like, Whoa. <laughs> So, heart slaps to start here. Jackie sends Don down by the head. They exchange right hands. Don drives Jackie back first into the turnbuckle, and it looks so sloppy. So horrible. Jackie with a weak takedown on Charlie. They do the cat fight brawling thing here where they roll over the referee, and Charlie I was looks... disappointed because Charlie did not jump up and go, Hoo, hoo. He, just, <laughs> he, just, he just looked like, whatever. Ugh, I'm tired of attractive women. <laughs> These hoes everywhere. Jackie rolls up Dawn, and then Dawn rolls through, and Dawn sits on top for the pinfall while holding the tights in one minute and 40 seconds. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. Gee, this show sucks. Doesn't it? It's the ultimate. Brother sucks. The triple brother sucks. Yeah, I'll say brother sucks for that. Uh, I want to say brother sucks not just for the match, because it was nothing, but the whole damn angle, pre and post. This is so so bad. So bad. Nobody ended up looking good. This sucked. Brother sucks. Yeah, horrible match with a horrible conclusion to the story to follow. We sacrificed Rico for this. Yeah, for real. The best praise I can give it is, like you said, Kyle, the fact Taz was having fun with the theme song. Honestly, like, that's one highlight. That's one genuine highlight from the show is the commentary. Because this is, like, obviously, like, nobody is in their ear, like, overproducing this. They know the show sucks. They're just letting them do their thing. And it just sounds like Taz and Cole are having fun. (laughs) Jake, do you have any other thoughts? That, no, that's it. No, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> the best part of the show at this point is Cole and Taz uh, yes. bickering with one another. 
So post match, Charlie Haas does a promo saying he was tired of getting in the middle of you both, the, that being the girls. Haas points out that everybody knows they are engaged, that being him and Miss Jackie. But he can't help the rumor in the locker room that Charlie's having an affair with Dawn. <gasps> Haas tells be. Haas tells Miss Jackie that he was having an affair with. Um, wait. Haas tells Jackie. I think I wrote this wrong. Haas tells Miss Jackie that he was having an affair with Dawn and the engagement is off. No. I'm in love with you, but I'm not in. I'm in love with you, but I'm not in love with you. I'm going to say all the things that guys usually say when they break up with ladies. Making love to you is like making love to a dead, wet fish. <laughs> and it smells the same. Ooh. <laughs> it's cringy. He sucks at acting. Haas said that Don Marie is as hot as Atlanta on the 4th of July. Wee, Yeah, that's where we are, and it is hot. And I'm here. sorry, man. Taking this ruthless journey, it's like, yeah, Don Marie, she is she's an attractive woman, but knowing what she's been through like with freaking Al Wilson, uh, it has tainted it for me. I'm like, "Ew, you're gross." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they never uh, they never make her look like a, a woman of character. <laughs> and so the crowd they love this. Haas grabs Jackie's engagement ring that was in his pocket, and it looks like he's going to propose to Don. <gasps> Charlie he gets down on his knee and says, "Don, why are you such a slut?" Slut, 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 that's wholesome family. That's wholesome family television right there. Yeah, crowd with a huge reaction there. Haas says he wouldn't marry either one of them. He tells them to kiss and make up, and he was out of there. Haas leaves the two women in the ring. Some fans chant for Charlie, while the women look sad. Some, some have taste. Uh, brother, <laughs> sucks, brother sucks story. Brother, yeah, for real. brother sucks all around. This is shitty. Like Nobody came out looking good. Ugh, jeez, enough. It's like, hey, you're, you're a slut, you're stupid, and I'm an asshole. We all suck, you know? <laughs> oh, got him. match is a big butthole match no the next match is big show taking on kurt angle with mark jindrak and luther raids it's a big three-on-one big show showdown this is so dumb it is dumb on the thanksgiving episode of smackdown big show hosted something called a big show thanksgiving yeah he hosted i want everyone to be grateful for how big i am he and the show I put on. <laughs> <laughs> he hosts a big meal for all the SmackDown staff in the ring, which consisted of Michael Cole, Taz, Tony Chimmel, and two stagehands. 
when that's, Luther- a, that's, that's all the staff. <laughs> when Luther Reigns comes out and says, "I never had no Thanksgiving. I was either fighting or in prison." <laughs> the, the, whose fault is that? <laughs> So he why, took, why were you all in prison? Because I fought too much. <laughs> People were making fun of my horseshoe hairline. <laughs> you see this bald spot? <laughs> bald spot. You see modern modern fans be like bald spot, bald spot. Bald hey, shut up! I want to fight you and go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Get in line! I'll fight every one of you. Dude, Luther, just go to a mutual combat state, my man. <laughs> go find Dan- Daniel Pewter and just have a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need, Daniel Pewter. <laughs> so he invites himself, and he pies a debuting Joy Giovanni. You got? Do you guys uh, remember Joy Giovanni? Of course, she's the woman that awkwardly kisses Big Show later. <laughs> But no, I do not. I do not know who she is whatsoever. I I don't think she's around too long. I just remember her from the SmackDown versus Raw uh, 2006. I think that's her only video game appearance, and her theme song was Yes, I do not remember her. I need to go play SmackDown versus Raw 06 then. Remember Ooey? Get on that. More like gooey gooey. Oh my god! I made a poop joke. There are some themes that give you secondhand embarrassment, and that was one of them for me. Another one I could uh, say does is freaking uh, Jesse and Festus. Biscuits and gravy! Biscuits and gravy! Yeah. Made me a man! <laughs> <laughs> Ew. I mean, you just, you just... You ever just, like, watch, like, a wrestling show intro, and it's like, ooh, serious guy, John Cena, serious guy, Randy Orton... Serious Triple H, and it's like, oh, it's uh, hilarious Santino Morella. You ever get secondhand embarrassment from that? Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. like, ooh, what kind of weird show am I watching? Are there be like secondhand, like embarrassing shit like that, or it'd be something with titties where I'd be like, oh, I swear <laughs> I'm not, I'm not watching it for this. <laughs> like you said, like it's Batman versus Raw, like the diva screens, and then in the old SmackDown games, like they would just have like pictures of like a oh Tri- my Tori, Tori and Tristratus with their big titties out, and it's like, <laughs> ah. mom, it's just a loading screen, and it's just just fighting people. I swear, I can't choose it. I can't choose it. I didn't ask for this, man. <laughs> I didn't ask for these heaving breasts on my screen, mother. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I hope you enjoyed that Spike Dudley versus Taz match because coming up next is the gets your out match between Tori and Stacy. <laughs> oh yeah. What are you yeah, watching? <laughs> no. Get your boobs out, Matt. Shut up. <laughs> oh my gosh. The the absolute fear that came over me for Kelly Kelly's ex- exhibition or whatever it was. Uh watching it in the back of my grandparents' house. I'm like, when is this going to end? She's like almost naked. I hate it, every it bit has- of this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Levi, what you watching? That's when my like my grandpa would change the channel and it would not go back to wrestling for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um anyway, let's continue on here. Uh Luther Reigns, he pies Joy Giovanni in the face, and Big Show throws a turkey at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then a food fight ensues. Um a week later, Luther apologizes to Joy Giovanni uh, for pieing her in the face, of course. 
And as a token of his regret, he asks her out to dinner. She informs him that she already had plans to go to dinner with the big show. Well. It's going to be a big dinner. Big, big bad dinner tonight. I think they're going to Cracker Barrel to get Uncle P-Pop's breakfast. Uncle P-Pop's grandpa. <laughs> like Uncle Poop-Pop. Big show. big show ends up beating them up for it. And challenge the, challenges them immediately to a handicap match. But the hills retreat as they're running down the card for the pay-per-view. Cole and Taz announced Teddy Long has sanctioned that match for Armageddon. So, The world's most insecure man, Luther Reigns, approaches Joy in the go-home and tells her to tell her boyfriend, the big show, that's not oh. my boyfriend, that Luther is looking for him. And then he sniffs her hair and walks away. What a freaking weirdo. He's definitely got some, like, domestic uh, dispute, like, vibes to him. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> he really does. Jeez. Let's kill him. Let's, let's, let's find him and beat him up. Hey, I got a no. tranquilizer gun under my bed. Like, I'll bring it with us. Come on. Let's shave, it. Let's shave his head. Let's do him a favor. <laughs> So, Kurt and his dudes attack Big Show in the go-home after Big Show attempts to enter the Kurt Angle Invitational. Mark and Luther hold Big Show's arms while Kurt literally throws still steps at his back. And as you that as you mentioned, rough. as you mentioned, Kyle, uh, as Big Show is walking down a hallway, Joy stops to wish him luck and makes out with him. Goes, just imagine all the like the the beans and stuff. Why like beans? That. I don't want like beans and eggs. I don't know. Ah, uh, you taste like old tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, is this is this a pasta noodle? Is this <laughs> Chef Boyardee? <laughs> I forgot he was in those commercials. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get started. Big Show dominates Jindrak early on, so Jindrak tags in Angle. Show shoves. <laughs> oh my gosh. Show shoves Angle down into the corner, so Angle tags in Reigns. Show hits a double headbutt on Reigns and Jindrak. Angle with the knee to Show. Then Angle sends Show's head across the top rope, and Reigns and Jindrak with a double-team shoulder tackle. Angle works over Show by working on his ribs. You know, you don't mess with Big Show's ribs now. (laughs) (laughs) Jindrak tags in... Jindrak tags in with a drop kick on Big Show. Angle works over Show with a front face lock, but Big Show gets up. Luther Reigns kicks Show from behind to keep him down. And the Hills are making quick tags with kicks and stuff, and this, this just seems to go on forever. Yeah. It's about this part of the show where I started thinking about the people who paid to be here. <laughs> For real. I kept looking at the crowd and just seeing them all sitting there and being like, damn, man, I feel bad for you. <laughs> You're probably excited to come here tonight. And like they're all like either, oh, I got work tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be a chore to get out of here. Oh, I got school in the morning. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. I imagine there's a kid who's like, oh, man, I have never been to a pay-per-view before. And we got tickets. I'm so excited. And then he has to sit through this. And it's just like. <sighs> it's so sad. The Basham Brothers match. <laughs> So he, what, who else did you get to see? Did you get to see like Triple H and stuff? Nah, I saw the Basham Brothers. Oh, 
Yeah, I would have saw Triple H, but he was traded back to Raw for Booker T and the Dudley Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Big Show, he slams Jindrak down, but it almost looks like he doesn't because he very slowly and lazily did it. It's at this point that Big Show is gassed. God. And it only so gets what, worse. What happened? Like, Well, he's fat. I mean, yeah, I know. When did he get so damn fat? I mean, it's not like he's ever been like super, 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 super lean over the past year or two, but like... At some point, he just ballooned up. Like, geez, dude. Yeah, I think, you know, when he came in, he was in a lot better shape. Uh, but just over time, I mean, he they sent him down to OVW to lose weight, and it didn't work. And so, yeah, by this point, gosh, man. I don't know why. Like, all of a sudden, they're billing him as 470 pounds. It's like, why? They sent him to the home of Kentucky Fried Chicken and wondered why he couldn't lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that South Park where Cartman goes to fat camp and starts being a plug for like junk food. <laughs> Big Show's just like, I want to lose weight, but I can't say that we're scary. <laughs> Hello, Tony, the usual. <laughs> Why are you crying, Chad? Because I'm always going to be fat. I don't want to eat no sweets, but I can't control myself when they're right in front of me like this. <laughs> All my life I've been fat. I've been, I've been to seven camps and I swore to my mama that I'd lose the weight. I want to, but I can't help myself. <laughs> hey, Chad, you know what you need? You need a friend. <laughs> I do? Yes, a chocolate friend. <laughs> um, Big Show tosses Gentrack with a fireman's carry. Big Show with body slams on Reigns and Gentrack. Big Show with an alley oop. Ooh. I know, I know, Jake, you're a big fan of the alley oop. More like an alley poop. <laughs> he did it. Big Show, he sends Reigns over the top rope. Angle with the angle slam on Show, and all of a sudden, this match gets a desperate shot in the arm. But Big Show kicks Kurt out of the ring. So, so much for that. Aww. Big Show. I wanted to be desperately shot in the head watching this match. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Big Show sends Jindrak over the top and Show with a boot to the face of Reigns. Kurt tries to bring in steps, but Big Show kicks the still steps into Angle's face. And and I mean barely. He's very, very gassed. And it did not yes. look convincing. <laughs> like every strength spot he does, every like big man spot, it looks like he's just doing it. Like he's like, I want to knock you out of the ring. <sighs> he just taps him. <laughs> oh my gosh. He barely moving and with the m night Shyamalan twist of the night big show puts jindrak on his shoulders and hits an f5 <laughs> that was freaking crazy and pin in the win in nine minutes 55 seconds but it felt like 49 55 to be honest with you my goodness i mean taz dubbing it the f500 like what was what was the meaning like what was the point of that were they trying the to take it away from lesnar i have no idea i was not expecting that at all it's like all right, he's got him on his shoulders. The F5, what? Because, <laughs> like, I know at some point Lesnar and WWE went to some kind of, like, legal battle, and I could easily see Vince being like, fuck him, let's just take his move, you know? I mean, maybe. I mean, when Chris Benoit died, Shawn Michaels and Triple H took it upon themselves to say, hey, we can't let the crossface die, and they started doing that. But uh, instead of it being like, you know, oh, this move continues on. It's like, why are y'all doing Chris Benoit's move? That's weird and in poor taste. And 
ah, it was so strange. It just stuff like that never works. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kyle, what do you think about this match? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, if you cut Mark Jindrak and Luther Reigns out of it and just been Kurt Angle and Big Show, it might have been something okay. But this is just kind of eh. There's really not much else to say about it, frankly, other than just damn Big Show, get in shape. <laughs> You're making me feel bad. Like we started this podcast ripping on you, and then we got into you, and now we're kind of getting out of it. I don't want to get this way again, Big Show. Gotta believe in you. Hit the but... stairmaster with Ric Flair. Yeah, exactly. Lose weight in 2004, Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. It's just like thumbs middle. It's like I don't know. It's not egregiously terrible, but it just is. It is. I say thumbs <laughs> down. And, uh, hey, kids, do you like Mark Jindrak doing stomps in the corner? Then do yes. I have a match for you? <laughs> yeah! This match was Aye. boring. And Big Show yeah. at this point did not have the endurance or stamina to put on a continuous performance a match like this requires you to have. And about five minutes in, he was gassed and very sloppily was executing these moves. And when Angle hit the angle slam and put the straps down, I felt like I was jolted. As if the match went from one mile an hour to 99. Like Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney World. Ooh. But just as soon as it started, it ended. And Big Show hits an F5. What? Boring thumbs down. Also, also want to say a thumbs down. This match was bad. And uh, the people in it should feel bad. <laughs> I think I think we need a palate cleanser. We're going to cut to a commercial break. I hope you weren't offended to leave. Please come back as there's more Ruthless Aggression podcast after this. Please come back. Taco John's wants you to have a happy holiday, the Mexican way, with nachos navidad. Lots of fresh-made corn tortilla chips piled high and topped with all kinds of delicious things. Nachos navidad from Taco John's. Vanilla's here for that special time of year to the Cool Whip. Happy holidays, just a dollop away to the Cool Whip. Add the French vanilla touch that always means so much. Cocoa, apple pie, and cake. Ooh, it's time to celebrate. Fa la 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 la, French vanilla. Hello, children. Was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, T.O.'s the best receiver in the NFL. I know that don't rhyme, but y'all know it's true. And out on the hardwood, what else do we know? When Ben Wallace jams, you must feel the throw. Check out that slap shot, Martin, St. Louis, while Josh Childress is driving and popping the three. With me up in Philly, the Eagles take flight. Tis a season for giving. For receiving tie. This season, give ESPN 2K5 video games rated E for everyone. Discover why the critics are calling the Polar Express the greatest holiday ride ever. A classic. There's never been a Christmas adventure like this. Tom Hanks, the Polar Express. Rated G. Now playing. Another tender Tennessee Christmas. The only Christmas for me. 
Stage to Funaki, SmackDown's <gasps> number one announcer. Funaki <laughs> conducts an interview with himself when Spike Dudley approaches him and questions what he's doing. He asks Funaki if he actually thinks he can beat him tonight. And Funaki says, I will answer that question. But first, a joke. What do you get when you cross an owl with a bungee cord? What? My ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. He says, knock, knock. Who's there? I'm again. I'm again. Who? I'm again that title boy. <laughs> so, Kyle, next match. Next match, it is a cruiserweight title match as Spike Dudley takes on Funaki. Okay, so Jake, I'm going to send this to our group chat. And uh, when I cue you, I want you to read the uh, the story breakdown. Okay? All right. Yeah, I spent hours scraping uh, to see what we have. Week one, nothing. Week two, nothing. Week three, nothing. Week four, uh, Funaki wins a battle royal to become the number one contender to the Cruiserweight Championship. To the 5,000 people who paid to go to this, and the 230,000 who paid to watch it at home, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess the Dudley boys are going to be, they're pretty much gone. We'll do one more show with them at uh, ECW One Night Stand, but... They're gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So um, I, I suppose we'll we'll speak more about that on that review. But uh, how are you guys feeling about a Dudley less future in the WWE? I am I'm okay. <laughs> fine with it. Totally. Totally fine with it. <laughs> so uh, not much to say here, but let's get into it. Funaki sends Spike to the floor, followed by a baseball slide. Back in the ring, Funaki with a low drop kick. Funaki tries a superplex. Uh, he tries that to Spike to the floor, but Spike ends up front-facing, superplexing him to the floor. And that just looked nasty. Nasty. Back in the ring, Funaki sets up Spike in the tree of woe. Funaki goes up top and hits a double foot stomp to the chest. And Funaki, it's been a minute since I said this in this review... With the Spagingo! Oh! Ah. Funaki follows this up with an enziguri for a two count. Funaki hits a crossbody off the top. Only good for two. 
A fan who looks like Larry the Cable Guy stands up out of his seat and yells, that was three. <laughs> I saw that. He was like legit like, hey, that's three, boy. I think he was just bored making his own fun. Sometimes you got to do it. I mean, yeah. Funaki wants a tornado DDT, but Spike hits a headbutt to the gut. Say that five times fast. Headbutt to the gut. Spike goes for a pinfall. Funaki flips over, rolls through, and covers Spike for the win. We have a new cruiserweight champion. Uh, Jake, what'd you think about this match? Oh my god, it's everything I could have hoped for and wanted. Um, so happy that it happened and that we took the, the belt off of Spike, so he has no reason to be on TV anymore. Um, I like Funaki. I'm sure he'll lose it within the next couple weeks to, like, Chavo, and so everything will be fine. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, that's the thing is, as a match, it's not bad. Like, I like Spike Dudley. I like Funaki. It's just, I think Spike Dudley in a heel role doesn't work. I think he's really good as like a scrappy, every man kind of looking underdog type. So him being a big jerk heel just doesn't work for me in any way, shape or form. But, you know, this is better work than the last match. And I don't know, it wasn't terrible. Just zero heat. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Funaki won and that was whatever. So I guess kind of more like a thumbs middle pointed up. But, you know, just so. So I, I said thumbs down. I'm offended at how little thought went into this. You've been building up cruiserweight storylines for months now with Billy Kidman and Paul London, Chavo and Billy, and even Spike as the boss. And this is what we decide to do? Why? Funaki is a part-time wrestler, and when he does wrestle, he's usually getting destroyed. So why out of the blue have him win the title? This makes no sense. And and the match wasn't horrible. And Funaki's a good wrestler. But the lack of heat was way too apparent. I don't know. At this point, I guess just like at this point in the pay-per-view, I was becoming known to it. Like, ever since the Basham match, the crowd died and just never came back. Yeah, and deservedly terrible. so. Like, how dare you expect us to get excited over the Bashams, who haven't been uh, featured prominently in months. They just recently became a part of JBL's cabinet, which is fine. But we don't have them as that established, like, you know, you can go out there and have a, a, a formidable heel tag team, you know, go get some heat. No one cared. And why should they? You know, I think, I'm just used to them talking about Shaniqua swelling, and that's it. <laughs> I think it's Shaniqua. Yeah. She was ten times more entertaining than them. It's at least true. nice to look at. Well, the end has arrived. And it the is now time. The end is here. And it is time for the main event of the evening. It is morning again in America. (laughs) JBL is on a roll. Booker T, Eddie Guerrero, and The Undertaker. Great, great champions. The only problem is they came along in the JBL era. None of you three hoodlums will ever get a rematch from JBL. Hold on a minute, players. I have to agree with JBL. Your individual title matches have been denied. For his next title match, JBL 
those three men in Baron Square. He cheated to beat all three of them. And now JBL's going to have to pay the price. You came to me in a dream last night. You were standing in a find themselves at ringside at Armageddon, I will strip you of the WWE title right on the spot. I am getting screwed. The champion does not have to get pinned to lose his title. Every man for himself. This is a sick, sick joke. Desperation in the eyes of the champion. And Armageddon, the greatest WWE champion of all time, could lose without even getting beat. Pajama time. Come here, little kitties, on my lap. Guess who's back with a brand new rap? And I don't mean rap as in a new case of style investigation accusation. <laughs> no worries, Papa's got a brand new bag of toys. What else could I possibly do to make noise? I done touched on everything but little boys. And that's not a stab at Michael, that's just a metaphor. I'm just psycho. I go a little bit crazy sometimes. I get a little bit out of control with my rhymes. Good God, dip, do a little slide. Bend down, touch your toes, and just glide up the center of the dance floor. Like TP for my bunghole And it's cool if you let one go Nobody's gonna know who'd hear it Give a little poot poot, it's okay Oops, my CD just skipped And everyone just heard you It is a four-way match For the WWE title JBL, Eddie Guerrero, Booker T And The Undertaker After Survivor Series JBL sought to grow his cabinet this speak- Sorry. <laughs> Crystal's not here, so he has to come in and check on me every once in a while, and he does it by screaming at me. Make sure you haven't yeah. died of lack of Mountain Dew pitch black. I guess. Look, look, guys, are you dead? I am I'm, hungry. I'll put a mute while you do your thing. And go. After Survivor Series, JBL sought to grow his cabinet. This began with uh, hiring an image consultant... Amy Weber, who wasn't around for long. We'll see her around till about February. And she faced an onslaught of abuse from the WWE locker room, namely Edge and Randy Orton, of all people. Jeepers. Amy recalls a plane ride with Orton and Edge via Fightful. And I got the excerpt here. Joy and I had been working really hard every time we got to a new city. This is from Amy Weber. Um... I would rehearse and practice. We had like a seven-city tour in 10 days. 
while we were in Japan, I was practicing. I was supposed to grab the rope to break my fall, and unfortunately, I couldn't get back to the rope. She kicked me a little hard in the stomach. It was fine. It wasn't her fault. I landed on my tailbone. They thought I might have cracked it. The trainer told me to go into the men's locker room and grab two ibuprofen, which I did, and some ice. She continues. When I was on the plane on the way back, I was laying across three seats. We were all sleeping. Randy Orton decided to come up behind my chair, and he slammed it into, he slammed into it like a linebacker, so hard that I landed on the floor. Then he said to me, You're going to learn, B-word. I didn't understand what he was talking about. I went back to sleep. I was awoken by someone pouring a drink in my face. I looked up and saw Edge with a partially drained drink. I stood up on the airplane seat and said, Do you have a problem with me? You want to fight me? You want to be a man? He kept denying it. I saw the cup in his hand. Randy Orton has gone on record many times over the years lamenting his sophomoric behavior during this time. I'm not sure if he's ever directly apologized for this, though. But uh, it's kind of weird to hear Edge's name lumped in with that. What do you guys make of this? I know. It's a little... Like, you know, you never really hear Edge in these kind of situations, but it's a little surprising. I'm sure Randy was like, Oh, dude, good dude, it'll be funny. <laughs> I think a lot of times you, you think about what's going on in someone's personal life and the, the type of people they're lashing out against, um, and things become a little more apparent. Isn't this um, right around the time Edge is going through a divorce? Um, yeah, give or take a few months. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. So, actually, I mean, no, Edge is a, a newlywed. Okay, well. He got, but he's thinking about divorce. He got married that summer. But he's thinking okay, about divorce. With the timeline of things, Lita was at the wedding for Edge, but treated his wife at the time like 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 a B-word, like a female dog. Um, yeah. And she didn't understand why. So perhaps there was some conversations happening at that point uh obviously things ramp up by the summer of 05 but um yeah i think maybe that's more or less what was going on edge was having some buyer's remorse some boner's remorse (laughs) (laughs) valvinus get out of here hey speaking of valvinus you know uh, edge's first wife was valvinus's sister oh miss morley sister i hardly knew her uh, Vivian Venus. I don't know. Oh my gosh, Valerie Venus. There you go. It's just him in a wig, like Santina. Hello, Edge. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. No, it's no. If he's Val Venus, then she's Mallory Magina. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory Magina. Mallory Magina. <laughs> oh, get out of here, old. Hit her with the old mallow bomb. <laughs> the marshmallows. I don't know. The Blaster. <laughs> uh, during JBL's victory speech on the November 18th, 2004 edition of SmackDown, Booker T, Eddie Guerrero, and The Undertaker all interrupt the champion to vie for a rematch for the title, each man having Booker. competed against JBL in the year and having been screwed over in some way. JBL says, Do I have to speak Spanish? Do I have to speak hip-hop? Do I have to speak monster? <laughs> Fight each other, you ain't fighting me. <laughs> oh, it cracked me up. Do I have to speak monster? <laughs> I only speak fire breathing dragon. <laughs> if he had, if he had said I speak, do I have to speak fire breathing dragon? I would have 
I would have lost it. I love that that that's still a callback. We're almost in the season four. <laughs> when Teddy Long comes out, uh, he says that he rejects each man's request at a title shot, but instead JBL will take on all three men in a fatal four-way match at Armageddon. <clears throat> so Amy Weber tries to sow dissension between these guys that seem to share common ground and how they all hate JBL. She's like, hey, aren't y'all opponents? And, you know, that makes them argue, realizing she's right. They are opponents. They team up against JBL and Orlando Jordan. uh, That's Eddie and Booker. When towards the end of the match, the two newest members of the cabinet are revealed. The Basham brothers. They cost Booker and Eddie the match, thus siding with JBL. Despite this, though, Undertaker, he still shows up and takes out JBL and Orlando. And the Bashams do nothing about it when they totally could have. (laughs) Because they're stupid. Very weird. To further add to the friction between Eddie and Booker, they had horrible chemistry chemistry during a tag match with the Basham brothers, which ultimately caused them to lose the match. That night, Undertaker goes against JBL and Orlando Jordan in a handicap match, which saw the Bashams interfere, despite the fact Teddy Long forbade it. They mug the Undertaker four-on-one, and as a result, Teddy Long says JBL's cabinet is banned from ringside for the match. And if any one of his cabinet members interfere, JBL will be stripped of the title. One thing I want to note here is JBL says, Teddy Long is proof that affirmative action will never work. I was like, jeez, dude. So, yeah, I mean, what do you guys make of this story Um, in JBL's sort of uh, judgment day here at Armageddon? Kind of makes JPL look like a little bitch, but you know, <laughs> I I don't I don't really like it. It's it's really we I talked about it a little bit earlier. It's really obvious that he's gonna go over in this match. Um, kind I of from so. the be- I really did from when when they start doing the oh my god, how is he ever going to overcome all of this stuff? That no one could ever possibly overcome this and escape with their title. There's three guys who could take it. No, that it was obvious that he was going to win from the from the very beginning. The biggest issue I have with this story is that the same exact story is being told on Raw with uh, Triple H and Evolution. It's like mm-hmm. the dastardly heel who always, you know, just squeaks out a win and cheats. Uh, protected by his stable of guys. It's like, why are we telling the same story on both shows? Because you eat it up. But I like JBL. I, I, I like that they, they did this and created an, a new character. Uh, I, I thought for sure by now I wouldn't like him, but I still do. How, how do you guys feel about JBL up to this point? I don't know. Maybe, like, I, I don't mind him. I think maybe they're expecting to be more of a runaway success and, you know, he wasn't. <laughs> Because, I mean, he's not bad. He's very of the time, you know, kind of like Bush era, like Republican type. And, you know, I think it fits. It's fine. I don't hate him. I've never really hated him. I mean, ratings ratings did trend downwards over this, the course of this year for SmackDown. But can you solely place that blame at JBL? Oh, God, no. Looking at this show, of course not. (laughs) SmackDown was like... SmackDown just was dead. It seems There's nothing happening. I mean, look at your the people on the on the card. So that being said, let's get underway here. Underway. As the match begins, JBL immediately powders to the outside. Undertaker goes on the attack to Booker T and Eddie. 
We get a big boot for Booker. Knocks him out as Taker goes after Eddie. And when I say it knocked him out, <laughs> Booker T was out for about 10 seconds as JBL, unbeknownst to the referee, had covered Booker for the pin. And <laughs> Undertaker, he... For a while. <laughs> Undertaker breaks up the pin at two and JBL immediately powders again. And Taz says, Ray Charles could have seen that. <laughs> Which is topical because Jamie Foxx's movie Ray came out that year. Aww. I remember the exact moment I, I learned that Ray Charles died. I was watching old, like, rabbit ear TV, black and white, because mine. Wait, Ray right. Charles is dead? <gasps> Dude, Jake, bro, sorry. bro, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> oh my gosh, anyway. <laughs> Undertaker goes after JBL, which leads him to go back in the ring, and behind JBL waits the ravenous wolves that are Booker T and Eddie Guerrero. All three men being, uh, all three men begin to unload on the champ. Uh, oh my gosh! Dude. Hey, you said it. Undertaker goes for the pin as Eddie and Booker immediately break it up and then begin unloading in the corner on Taker. These dudes can't be stopped. Insatiable. Eddie and Booker dish out some double team on Taker as Booker loudly yells. Essay and they fist bump. <laughs> Taker tries to fight back, but Eddie makes a deliberate attack to Taker's knee as JBL watches outside. Eddie watches on as Booker attacks Undertaker on the outside, and this causes JBL to sneak attack Eddie back in the ring. Booker comes in and holds JBL back as Eddie hits a drop kick to JBL. I thought for sure JBL was going to move there. Nope. Both Eddie and Booker. Dodge. Both Eddie and Booker are working well together. Undertaker tries to re-enter the ring as Booker throws a huge kick, knocking him off the apron. Booker hits a huge sidewalk slam on JBL into a helo by Eddie. Eddie goes for a pin, but Booker quickly takes him off, straight up offended, asking him, What's that all about, sucker? <laughs> it's like, dude, it's a fatal four-way. Yeah, sucker. Taker is back in and throws a headbutt to Eddie and a running kick to Booker. Huge side slam to JBL. Taker barely got him up there. JBL's a huge man. <laughs> on the outside, as Taker's throwing hands to JBL, Eddie jumps on his back like a spider monkey. Oh. Booker stomps out JBL. Taker slams Eddie to the ground super hard, and Booker throws a huge kick to Undertaker in response. Undertaker responds by throwing Booker into the crowd. And JBL clears the announce table. He signals for the last ride on Undertaker, but a huge fucking go! <laughs> to reverse out of it. Back in the ring, Taker scares away the ref before dishing out a huge fucking go! <laughs> to Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Booker tries to sneak attack on Taker, but to no avail. Undertaker attempts a big boot in the corner to Booker. But Booker ducks t and Taker big boots nothing but air, causing him pain. Ow. JBL attempts a pin on Booker. It's only good for two. Taker takes it to Eddie, but Booker tries to sneak attack Taker again to no avail. Undertaker hits a spine buster on Booker T. Undertaker goes for old school. Oh, <laughs> but Eddie tried to interrupt. 
but he gets big booted. <gasps> big booty. Undertaker. Boop, boop, big booty. Undertaker, all the while, had been holding Booker's arm, so he once again tries, Oh, skew! Oh, vintage Undertaker. And connects. Eddie takes it to Undertaker with punches in the corner, but Undertaker powers out and tosses Eddie over the top. Undertaker props Eddie up on the apron and connects with a elbow, followed by a guillotine leg drop. As Undertaker turns around, JBL connects with a clothesline from Hale. JBL hits a big boot on Booker T back in the ring. JBL takes off his wrist tape and chokes Booker with it. As he's doing this, Eddie grabs a ladder from under the ring. He takes Yay, out... ladder. He takes out Undertaker with it. Booker connects with heel kicks to all men, then sends JBL and Taker over the top, then connecting with a scissor kick to Eddie. He goes for the pin, but Eddie kicks out at 2.8. The nearest of near falls. The nearest fall over the ball. That was probably like... The crowd thought that was probably the closest they were going to get to something happening there. Yeah. (laughs) Booker then heads outside and tries to attack JBL. Undertaker with a sneak attack allows JBL to thoink Booker in the eyes. He rams him against the steps and power bombs him on the announce table. But unfortunately, a random cord hindered Booker from getting in position. So the impact was significantly softened, not breaking the table. So, uh-uh. so JBL says, screw it, jumps off a chair, and elbows Booker through the table. <laughs> I know, I felt bad. Like, when he did that, uh, it just looked like a little baby slam. <laughs> this huge, devastating move has landed JBL with the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. Oh, yeah, oh, big yeah. elbow. Undertaker lurks, then dishes out a last ride to JBL through the Spanish announce table. <gasps> Espanol. Eddie Guerrero plays possum in the ring, which draws Undertaker. He wants to play possum, too. What a jerk. He doesn't want to play? Come on. Just kidding. <laughs> he goes for the tombstone, but Eddie wriggles out, runs off the ropes, and gets goozled. Good. And chokeslammed. Undertaker signals for the last ride, but on the way up, Eddie had the title belt and smacks Taker in the head. Eddie goes up top for the frog splash and hits it. He immediately goes for another one off another turnbuckle and connects, so back-to-back frog splashes. He goes for the pin, but Undertaker kicks out and rises from the dead. I hated this spot. You mean to tell me... Be your favorite. You mean to tell me... Title shot and then two finishers from Eddie is not good enough? Nope. Nope. That did him no favor. He's the man. dead man. Ding. The underseller. The, the name the underseller exists for a reason, and he and he lived up to it here. Ooh. Nuclear heat. Ruthless aggression heat. So Eddie is shocked. He tries to escape, but Undertaker grabs him, but Eddie low blows him. Eddie grabs the ladder and starts hitting Taker with it. Eddie goes up top of the ladder and hits a super frog splash the ref gets to two before being pulled out by JBL what a Dickens (laughs) Charles Dickens (laughs) Eddie hits Taker with the ladder knocking Taker out of the ring JBL tries to sneak attack Eddie with a clothesline from hail but only (laughs) only connects with the ladder Eddie hits the three amigos to JBL Eddie goes for the pin but Booker breaks it up 
Booker hitting a scissors kick on JBL and goes for the pin, but Undertaker breaks it up. Undertaker hits snake eyes on Eddie, followed by a big boot. Uh, Leg drop and a pin on Eddie, but Booker breaks it up. That's vintage Undertaker right there. (laughs) Taz on commentary says he thought the end was near five or six pins ago. (laughs) Me too. Taz just laying it on, making fun of the pay-per-view theme is just so funny. Taker chokeslam to all three men. He signals for the tombstone. Picks up JBL when Heidenreich attacks. Yay. This ruined everything for me, man. Ruined. Weren't. JBL crawls over to pin Booker, but he kicks out at two and a half. He tries to pin Eddie, but he kicks out as well. Heidenreich comes back to attack Undertaker some more. JBL presumably hits a clothesline from hell on Booker. I mean, the camera totally missed it. But nevertheless, pin on Booker T for the win. And I'll go first here. Uh, Thumbs in the middle, ever so slightly pointed upwards. There were aspects of this match that I really enjoyed, but the bad stuck out too much for me. Like, Undertaker kicking out of a belt shot and two frog splashes. I thought that was so lame. Plus, mm-hmm. the very last pay-per-view of the year ends the same as the majority of the shows this year did in screwy fashion. I'm over it. I don't want anything more to do with the year 2004. So, those things offset into a thumbs middle for me. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Um, God, just Heidenreich's involvement brings everything down like two or three notches. This wasn't... I mean, the story, the match was okay. It was fine. Heidenreich showing up made it suck. Yeah, thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of have to kind of have to agree. I don't know. It's this show is so weird. It just feels like a cursed show because it's like this main event. You know, there are things that did entertain me. Like I was not necessarily unentertained the whole time. It's just I guess I just wasn't wowed and. I know 2004 has not been a wow year, but this especially has not been a wow pay-per-view. So just to end on a Heidenreich, eh, I don't know. A Heidenreich note? Yeah, for real. I guess I'd have to say, like, thumbs middle, but just kind of mine's more towards down. Levi, you're crazy for more towards up. Crazy! Uh, Well, I mean, this match did have its bright spots. Um, I thought Uh thought Uh Booker and Eddie went into overdrive to to do it and even undertaker and jbl did his part too by being a dastardly heel the problem is we've this is the year of the heel there's been way too many shenanigans for it to to have any sort of charm or or to work properly you you see it now and you're just like gosh again it's Mm -hmm. we're filled too much on shenanigans so uh i I will give it props where it's good but man it was it, it it offsets for me so uh, I'll give I'll give credit where credit's due. They tried, but yeah, it's it's not I don't know, not, not a good match. I I just think like the good stuff was still just like a little too little too late. Just because, like I said, goes back to that Basham match. Like it just tripped, and the show just really never fully recovered after that. No, that is definitely true. There's nothing good that came afterwards. No. So with that being said. That was Armageddon 2004, and truly, let's be frank here, a not-good show. 
Hell no. This is Oof. one of like the most ugh shows we have watched on this show. It is, on this uh, podcast so far. It is apropos of season four. You you want you want to summarize season four here? Watch this show. <laughs> Viewer discretion is advised. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd I'd advise you don't watch it. <laughs> Honestly, though, like this is like uh, if Triple H was like you know having a shitty burial match on here, it would just be an entire kind of like encapsulation of two thousand four. Man, yes, it's do not watch it. I went I went into this season three, you know, 2004 calendar year with high, high hopes to quote panning at the disco. And um, I was let I was let down so severely. It's a shame, man. I, I guess I just remember things so well in my head. I, I enjoyed playing Smackdown versus Raw for PlayStation 2. Uh, I enjoyed. I don't know. I guess the fact that I still bought into kayfabe, maybe that helped me. But this was painful man this was a horrible mm-hmm. year it's like this makes me go like oh man maybe all those people who are like no this era sucks can I have like a mild point <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I can I certainly can watch this and enjoy it like out of like nostalgia purposes but like 2004 oh boy it has been some hot garbage I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping it gets better I'm sure it will but god it's a low bar low bar to jump over for 2005 so boys we've made it to the end of season three uh congratulations (laughs) (laughs) uh and between uh episode one which was a bonus episode uh, where we covered wwe originals that was that episode released november 16th 2020 so between then and today Season three has lasted 811 days. <laughs> oh, my Damn. goodness. Not much of a season, is... probably a season or two. But uh, yeah, so uh, I want to say kudos, yeah, you... boys. Uh, congrats. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, joining me alongside um, this journey. Um, but also, I, I want to apologize. I'm sorry <laughs> for the pain I might have caused you. Yeah, I think it's definitely yeah. telling that it takes us this long to go through 2004. I, I, in the middle of this, this podcast, I was handed these papers that say I need to be out of the house in the next 30 days. I've been spending too much time on 2004 wrestling. (laughs) For your own mental health. Man, so much has happened in those days. Like, I mean, obviously we were still like basically in quarantine with COVID and, uh, uh, I witnessed the, the birth of my, my firstborn son, uh, and went through a dramatic weight loss. Like so much has happened, uh, sort of prolonging this season. But man, we did it. Um, we have our best of show to come. That'll be coming out next. So you'll have to allow me to compile some clips for that um, and just really think back on the best and the worst of this year. <laughs> the worst won't be hard to find, uh, no, but, but finding some goodness out of this year, it's going to take me a minute. So bear with me, listeners. Do you guys have any parting words for 2004? Uh, go to hell. Never come back. <laughs> it's like, for years, I'd always heard people be like, oh, yeah, 2004, worst year ever. And I'd always be like, oh, I remember, you know, being a younger and just being so bright-eyed, and I loved WWE. No, everybody had a very big point. 2004 sucks. I never want to revisit it. Absolutely horrible. But we look to brighter days as we look to season four covering the 2005 calendar year. 
We will witness the rise of Batista, the rise of John Damn Cena, uh, Hulk Hogan making a <gasps> comeback. Uh, Brother. First being friends with Shawn Michaels. Uh, getting oh, inducted God. into the Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted to the Hall of Fame uh, ahead of WrestleMania 21. <laughs> we look to uh, the rise and fall of Muhammad Hassan. Oh, God. The the rise and fall of ECW. The rise and fall of Papa John's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have One Night Stand, which I'm very excited for. Oh, yeah, for sure. That'll be fun. One Night sure. Stand. Uh, Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, the Edge and uh, Matt Hardy fallout. There's a lot to unpack in this upcoming season, and I can't wait. And as always, I thank each of you listening, supporting our show, retweeting us, liking stuff, getting the word out about us. It means more than I could ever say. We had a listener reach out on YouTube uh, yesterday or maybe a couple days ago at this point, and it doesn't really matter. Um, but I'd, I'd like to share a comment from him, if you would indulge me. Uh, I would. I posted a clip of uh, uh, Snitsky uh, meeting Heidenreich on the last review, and um, his name is at Green Grenades three one seven six, and he said simply, "I need more podcasts, guys. I need one once a week, please." <laughs> and that meant a lot to me. Uh, just you never know, like you know, there, there, there's a lot going on in our lives. I mean. Jake, Kyle, and I, we live in three separate states across the country. Uh, scheduling, editing, it, it can be a nightmare sometimes, man. Uh, but your guys' support just means so much to me and keeps me going. Sometimes I, I wonder, like, am I am I making something good at all? Like, am I making something worthwhile? And when you guys send stuff like that, it means so much to me. And I know it means a lot to Jake and Kyle as well. So I just want to say, hey, thanks for the support. We are going to be coming at season four fast, strong, and hard. And uh, <laughs> Chief Morley style. Um, but I just want to say ahead of that, thank you so much to our patron supporters. Uh, we got a lot of stuff brewing up that's going to be so good and so worth it. And I appreciate y'all's support um, so much. Uh, that y'all would give your hard-earned money to us, like um, even something as low as a dollar. Like it means the world to us. So thank you all so much for your support. Thanks for sticking with us in season three, talking about JR Milk Fingers. Hell yeah. Resistance <laughs> and stuff, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Do you guys have any uh, parting words um, from the season? No, I was just uh, glad to be through 2004, but overall, it's been a good experience going back and, uh, you know, looking at all these shows that otherwise, you know, maybe it would just sit on the shelf a little bit for me and, uh, you know, finding some 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 fun rays of sunshine in all of the bleakness <laughs> of this past year. But still, uh, yeah, definitely, everybody, thanks for the support. Thanks for listening and uh, going to have more fun, yuck them up, cool wrestling moments to come. Hopefully 2005 will be the golden year. Golden year, golden year. Yeah, um, I, you know, like everybody says so far, I just want to echo, you know, appreciative of everybody who's who's listened, everybody who engages on the Twitter machine um, with with my snarkiness and my my sense of humor. I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, it's I'm looking forward to this next season, and you know, it, it, it's Levi does a lot of work to make this podcast happen uh, a lot of stuff behind the scenes as someone who has recently kind of 
gotten out of producing podcasts, I can tell you there's a lot of work involved in producing podcasts. So um, thank you very much to, to Levi as well that, that, you know, he's the, the engine behind this machine. Thank so. you, sir. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you boys. Like, I just, I look forward to recording. Like we do it probably what, like once every other month at this point. But yeah. um, gosh, man, I have twice so, in the last three weeks. I have so much dang fun. Yeah, we, we picked it up in the past couple of weeks, but uh, hell yeah, I, I appreciate it done, you, boys. you boys. Y'all make it so dang fun. And if it wasn't fun, yeah. we wouldn't be doing it simply. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes we got to try a little hard like this episode. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, that being said, thank you for tuning in to Armageddon. Thank you for tuning into the show. Please join us next time as we'll be doing well, next time our best of season three. But after that, tune in for New Year's Revolution 2005. Oh, hell yeah. Jake, what can we expect from New Year's Revolution 2005? Uh, Well, let me tell you exactly what we can expect from the next next one here, uh, New Year's Revolution 2005. Uh, Christian and Tyson Tomko are going to be taking on Eugene and William Regal for the World Tag Team Championship. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. We have Trish Trish Stratus versus Lita for the Women's Championship. Alright, alright. We have Shelton Benjamin versus Maven for the Intercontinental Championship. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Alright. We then have Shelton Benjamin versus Maven for the Intercontinental Championship. You just said Again? That. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, what? Okay. Uh, we have Muhammad Hassan against Jerry Lawler. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> With Jim Ross. Yes! Yes, it's hell yeah. Oh. oh, hell yeah. This is going to be amazing. Uh, we have Kane against Snitsky. Oh, God, no. Not again. No. Elimination Chamber match. It's Trips, Randy Orton, Batista, Jericho, Edge, and Benoit. That might actually I be can fun. get down with yeah, that. It could be good. Yeah. All right. Well, there's hope. There's hope. There's no hope with dope. There's no, there's no hope. All Elite Scooby Doo. <laughs> well, we thank you for listening. Please join us next time as we'll be reviewing those next couple shows. And. If you can't get enough of that ruthless aggression goodness, you can follow us on social media, Twitter at Ruthless Pod, Instagram, Ruthless Aggression Podcast, Facebook, YouTube, the Ruthless Aggression Podcast, and TikTok at Ruthless Pod. Jake, where can they follow you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at Crash Landis. That's where my uh, my snarky fun side is on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on my show with Alex and Jake, available at badfacts.info and definitely not selling drugs.com. And Kyle, where can they follow you? Hey, if you want to get the lowdown on Kyle, just hit me up on Twitter at RuthlessPodKyle. Uh, just, you know, hit me up. Just say hey. You know, just keeping it cool, keeping it chill. Nothing special. And, of course... <laughs> oh my gosh, a cat. <laughs> uh, if you can't get enough even more i don't know where where i'm going with this uh you can follow us or subscribe to us on patreon where you'll find bonus content like show notes q a's bonus episodes that you can't find anywhere else such as our wrestlemania 38 review Uh, i believe jake did a review of Shawn michaels versus the undertaker on his show inside the ropes uh if you donate to um gosh i think it's our 
one of our tiers. Um, uh, it's Jake, like a $5 tier. Jake it's will, not much. Yeah, Jake will review uh, a match of your choosing. Um, and of course... Not only that, I'll, I watch it live as it's happening, and I, I kind of I live, I live track it. So as it's happening, I'm reacting to the match. But then what's more afterwards, I, um, you know, I, I kind of give my, my thoughts and my critiques. And there's uh, lost episodes as well, such as our old show, Ruthless Talk, in its entirety, where we used to kind of talk about what was going on in the current wrestling environments. Um, so they're, they're definitely dated, but a lot of dang fun to go back and listen to. So uh, do check it out. And, um, you know, we're adding stuff all the time. So go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash RAPod. And we like to thank our patrons, uh, Nate the Effing Great, Mr. Fretz, Bipolar Llama, and ADTR Jake. We thank you all very much for uh, supporting the show in that way. So please be like them. Get you some bonus content uh, for as low as a dollar. Um, we definitely appreciate it. But this has been the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. We thank you for listening. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake, baby. Reminding you too. Uh, how about you stay ruthless? Yeah, just do it already. Just do it. God.